listening to the Rational Rage Network. I grew up thinking everything had already happened. Bread had been sliced. The Beatles were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Woodstock had cured all the wars in the world. And nothing would ever contend with Johnny Carson when it comes to television personalities. Then I grew up. Video killed the radio star. Everything smelled like teen spirit. Then 9-11 happened, and it changed everything. Welcome to The Conclusion, a podcast designed with my current thoughts on current events. From the worlds of politics, sports, entertainment, pop culture, just my thoughts as it comes to the current climate in the United States and around the world. Join me, Dr. Michael Jargo, PhD, for this new daily podcast that takes a look at the current trends and the people that make this world spin around. From the Biden administration, COVID-19, professional sports, we're talking about it all. Five to ten minute show designed for your morning commute, coffee, or run on the treadmill. Get your dose of news, satire, and just everyday bullshit that crosses my mind for the sake of your earhole entertainment. Coming soon to Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, and iHeartRadio. The Conclusion with Michael Jargo. Subscribe now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit michaeljargo.com. You're listening to the Rational Rage Network. short month ago when we were in this ring and given the beatdown of a lifetime by the pineapple, the pinnacle, and that beatdown taught us a lot. It gave us hospital stays, it gave us stitches, but most importantly, it gave us a wake-up call. It made us realize we had made a lot of bad decisions over the previous six months. Decisions that hurt a lot of people, insulted a lot of people, and for that we apologize to everybody, including all of you. But those decisions were caused by MJF. My jerk-off friend. And you see, my jerk-off friend says he outsmarted us because he's much more intelligent than me. And he's right, I'm not smart at certain things. High school chemistry, I was terrible. My teacher even asked me after I failed another test, are you on dope? That's an exact quote. I wasn't, I just wasn't very smart in chemistry. Were you smart in chemistry? No, exactly, who is? But what I am smart in is pro wrestling, the psychology and the business of pro wrestling. And that's why I brought MJF, my jerk-off friend, into the inner circle. It wasn't to take him under my wing. It was to keep him under my thumb. Because I know how dangerous my jerk-off friend is. I know how good he is. I know how much personality and potential he has. And I wanted to use him for every ounce of his being and suck all of his life out into the inner circle. And we had it perfectly planned. We knew he would eventually figure it out and he'd show his true colors. And we were ready to kick his ass 
But what we didn't think about is that he would be one step ahead of us. And we got outsmarted. Outsmarted by a man who can do everything. Except for apparently put on a spray tan. Because a few weeks ago, when he was in this ring, he was oranger than Cassidy with more streaks than the bottom of that toilet bowl that I shoved his face into last week. I can't wait for the chance to swirly when he comes back out here in front of you guys. You see, MJF is only 25 years old. Think about that. When I was 25, I was still having wet dreams, but yet here he is, 25 years old, at the pinnacle of the pro wrestling business. You see what I did there? But here's the thing. MJF, you consider yourself to be a fine wine. You said you're gonna get better with age, but the problem is you don't wanna wait for the age. You want it now. You wanna be better than the GOAT now. You wanna be better than Chris Jericho now. Those are some big, big shoes to fill, my man. You gotta go smaller, take baby steps. Be better than Peter Avalon. Be better than Michael Nakazawa. Be better than that stupid Burberry scarf you've been wearing for a few years. It's tired, it's old, it's stale, and it sucks. Time to change it up. And besides, I was rocking the scarf gimmick five years ago, and if you're so superior to me, why are you stealing my man? That's lame. But I got an old clipboard in the back. If you want to take that and add it to the list of gimmicks that you stole from the Champion, go for it. You see, you're not as good as you think you are, Max. You believe your own hype. I see you listening to the critics. I see you listening to the fans online. Oh my gosh, you would beeline to the back after every match and promo you ever had to check how people thought you did. You know what? We call that in the pro wrestling business being a mark. But I'm gonna change that to call it being a max. Because you, my friend, are a max for yourself. And the true issue is this. Max, you know, you'll never, ever be better than Chris Jericho. You'll never be better than me, and you know it. And that's causing the fine wine in your brain to ferment and sour, which is oh, so apropos, because look at the sour men you've aligned yourself with, my jerk-off friend. Let's talk about Tully Blanchard, shall we? You said he's the greatest mind in pro wrestling history. Really? Seriously? He's really nothing more than the third string member of the Four Horsemen, right? Ranking somewhere between uh, uh, Ole Anderson and Paul Roma. Then you got FTR, maybe one of the greatest tag teams in the world today, but they're completely interchangeable. I can't tell which one is which. They're like AEW's version of the Jonas Brothers in that I know they're good, I know they make money, but I don't know their names. Are you Dax? Are you Cash? Are you Axe? Are you Smash? Are you Axel? Are you Slash? I don't know! And then, of course, there's Spears, Sean Spears. He's got such a great upside, they say. I've never seen it. The only thing I've seen from Spears is his number on my phone when he called me after getting fired from the Fed 10 years ago, asking for advice. You know, aligning yourself 
with my jerk-off friend, Sean Spears, is about as good a decision as rocking a blonde mohawk in 2021. And then there's Wardlow. Oh yes, of course. He's got a million dollar brain and a 13 cent body. And guess what? He's so stupid, he has to strip completely naked to count to 21. Think about it, I've seen him do it. Compare that to my inner circle, the new inner circle that's going to dominate AEW once again with the help of all of you behind us. We know the pinnacle is good. We know they're gonna beat the crap out of us. We don't care, we like to fight. The bottom line is we're gonna shove the faces of the pinnacle up each other's asses and form a human centipede with MJF in the back. You want blood? You want violence? You got it. Because we've been waiting for a match since March 25th of last year. Why play crab ass anymore? You want blood and violence? You're gonna get it. May 5th, right here in Daly's Place. First time ever, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle in a blood and guts match! We are the Inner Circle, we are back in black! We've been gone too long and we're glad to be back. We're gonna beat the living Because like we told you last week, the worst is yet to come and God help you for it. Wow, you're talking about throwing down the gauntlet, JR. We just heard an immortal promo.
everybody, and welcome back to the PwC Presents. You're listening to the Wednesday Night Skirmish. Uh, I guess the technical side of things, this is, this is sort of like the last night that this actually is a skirmish. But um, anyway, it basically just, uh, you know, it turned out to be basically exactly what we thought it would be, which is why we called this show a skirmish in the first place. Not a war, not a battle, not anything impressive. Just a bunch of dumb motherfuckers doing flips and shit. Um, you're listening to, well, you're listening to me. I'm Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. Um, I'm here with my regular co-host, Jimmy T. Jimmy, how the fuck's Australia, mate? Man, it's still fucking hot. It's two months out of summer and it's still hot, man. I just want this heat to die. Like, seriously, I'm so sick of it, man. It's just, what are we going to get? Ten months of heat? Other than that, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm cool. Just hot, man. What do you do? How's Canada, Chris? Uh, you know what? It's uh, basically the opposite. So we get basically 10 months of winter. Um, but no, actually, it's not bad right now. It rained today. It's, uh, it's plus four. So, um, yeah, it's not freezing. But it's still shitty. <laughs> I'd like some Australian heat. Um, but anyway... Let's get away from the weather and let's introduce our special guest host, um, a man who really ought to need no introduction. He is one of the gems of on the Rational Rage Network, uh, the host of, of, I mean, Destino, the host of goddamn everything. He's working so much it doesn't even make any sense. He's big in Japan, but he's huge <laughs> in Chile. Jargo, <laughs> welcome to the show, buddy. What's up, gentlemen? I'm I'm very very happy to be here. I it's WrestleMania week, right? So every year around WrestleMania week, I take the entire week off, even though I may or may not watch WrestleMania. But this is my first in an insane amount of podcasts over the next two days. I think I'm recording three podcasts tomorrow and at least two more on Saturday. So. Jeez. Let's kick things off, man. AEW. I can't wait to talk about well, this show because I never get to talk about AEW and what's going on there unless I'm talking about it in relation to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It Surely a lot more entertaining <laughs> than AEW Dynamite. Well, I just want to say, Jago, it's great having you on, man. It's been a long time coming. And I was going to call you the, the, the podfather of hitting the marks network dude so i mean and of course the hamin media uh hamin media group as well so i mean dude you're you're a busy guy like you're everywhere much like george carlin kind of inferred you know many many years ago if you've got a fucking podcast i'll be there (laughs) no doubt go for it chris Right on. Well, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. And I guess moving forward, that only means AEW, because NXT is moving to Tuesdays. So that's, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that makes everyone very happy, unlike this show. Uh, We start off with the inner circle arriving. They're all in black vehicles. They're wearing black. Uh, There's a bunch of extra people riding crotch rockets in the background, (laughs) which I don't know. Who are those people? Are they part of the group? I was thinking that. Are they the girlfriends? I'd like to know. I'd like to have some idea of why these random people are riding motorcycles in the background. Um, But we don't get anything there. Um, Yeah. 
we'll, we'll get more into the inner circle uh, later, guys, because um, God, do I have some things to say, but we'll, we'll just leave it as, you know, they, they arrived. Um, the show proper starts off with um, Hangman Page coming to the ring. Uh, he looks uh, like uh, Adam Page. And uh, then uh, Max Caster makes his entrance. Uh, there's a pretty funny line there about Joe Biden slipping on the stairs. Yeah, that that, uh, that popped me. Um, <laughs> they they say at the beginning of this match that it's a number one contender match. Uh, to wit, I only have three questions. Huh? What? Right. right. And how? It beats me. I mean, Jago, do you know how? Well, dude, I mean, number one, I do not watch AEW Dynamite on a week-to-week basis, so I don't necessarily have context here, right? I mean, Hangman Page comes walking out, and he looks like he spent entirely too much time in the sauna. He he was like, he was like purple. Did you notice this? Like throughout the entire show, like everybody looked purple. Like I don't know what was going on with the lighting. There was some weird shit going on with the sound in a few segments of this show. And it's like, okay, guys, you're like a year and a half in. You haven't changed locations in like a year. I would think that you would have this kind of figured out by now. Um, but I have no freaking clue who Max Caster is. I mean, I live in the wrestling bubble. I don't necessarily watch AEW on a week-to-week basis. I've never even heard of this guy. And then I found out he was half of the acclaim. So at right, least right. I kind of knew who in the hell he was. But you say number one contenders match, and I'm like, wait, that, that the rapping guy who's half of a tag team <laughs> is in a number one contenders match for... Kenny Omega's title. I wonder who's going to win this match. And <laughs> it was sunburnt Adam Page. Sunburnt Adam Page. Well, first of all, I've noticed AEW have been pushing Max Caster in a singles kind of role. And he does. He has a lot of talent, man. And don't mind the jackhammer in the background, for Christ's sake. But anyway. Um, That's what yeah. she said. <laughs> but anyway, like I was saying, They've been pushing him a lot lately, man. And I don't know what's going on as, as you know, acclaimed the team. But he's I mean, good. I heard number one contender and I thought for like, what, Darby? Like I could yeah, see him maybe it's like a thought. number one contender for the TNT title, but really? Yeah, and well, Hangman doesn't seem like he is any, like, I feel bad for Hangman Page because I don't think yeah, anybody too, has suffered more from the lockdowns and, and the no crowd wrestlings than Hangman. Because remember when the COVID hit, when that hit, Hangman was the hottest thing in pro wrestling. Everybody yeah. wanted to do cowboy shit. Everybody yep. wanted to get drunk with the Hangman and go to the bar. And then the pandemic completely derailed him. He's the number one contender and he just feels so cold. Like, I don't hear anybody talking about Hangman Adam Page right now. Well, put it this way, Jago. He's so cold that he could be joining the Dark Order, even though I don't think he is, right? I just think they're, they're buying, in my opinion, I think they're just buying time because they don't even know what to do with Hangman right now, dude. So they've just got just, him in. Yeah. He's if, like you put him, if you put him in a full arena right now, would everybody still be wanting to do cowboy shit or would they kind of be like, Oh, here comes hangman. Well, knowing AEW fans, they'd probably still be chanting friggin' cowboy shit. Seriously. 
<laughs> there is that. There is. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or this is wrestling, or this is awesome, or <laughs> any number of infuriating chants that make no sense and connect with absolutely zero of what the fuck's going on in the ring. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like AW fans. Booker the shit, Chris. Okay. It, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be watching NXT and the god awful yeah. audio mix that the like. How has WWE not figured out how to audio mix like the fake crowd noise and like oh, the uh, announcers are screaming over yeah, fake crowd yeah. noise? It's it's awful. Man, the thing with WWE, especially with NXT, right? Man, I don't even understand why they even bother having the piped in crowd. To me, it gives me a headache, to be honest with you, man. And on top of that, they got fans in there, like whatever, there's probably like 50 of them. They're in like behind like a fence with perplex glass, right? It kind of reminds me of like, you know, you diseased people, you stay there, don't touch us. It kind of looks bad, you know what I mean? That's just my opinion, but yeah, it is what it is. But Chris? Yeah, so uh, they, they, they do kind of explain how this is a number one contenders match, but the way that they explain it being a number one, number one contenders match just made me like audibly laugh in my basement as i was watching this they said that max caster won the right to have this match for the number one contendership by beating colt cabana on dark um no one fucking cares about dark guys stop trying to push dark it's like fetch it doesn't matter how hard you try it's <laughs> not going to be a thing jago can i ask do you have fetch in the states have fetch do you know what that is uh give me some context it's it's basically an internet sort of cable box i i have no idea oh, what that's cool about. must be an australian canadian thing then i guess am i right in saying that chris or we're we talking about two different fetches man uh we're talking about two completely different fetches because oh, i think it was fetch? in mean girls where one of the mean girls was trying to get the word fetch to become oh. a thing and it didn't work out anyway oh, we're uh, <laughs> we're swinging and missing worse than these guys on commentary um, <laughs> this was a <clears throat> this was a really bad match um there was a few botches like straight up misses by a few feet that were given reactions um there were a couple of times where hangman went to deliver a move and very clearly just gently sat max max caster down on the mat to which he reacted like he had just been slammed by Andre from 10 feet in the air. Um, I just, there's Bouye strikes are obnoxious. I, I can't, I can't, you know, say enough how much I hate Bouye strikes. Um, at one point, Hangman's at the top, on the top rope. Uh, he gets distracted by Caster's partner. Caster goes to, goes to, uh, you know, take advantage, slips off the ropes and then jumps back up onto the ropes <laughs> to uh, to pull Hangman down. This just, I don't know if this was an example of two guys having just really bad chemistry, but I mean, <laughs> he, he, watching this, knowing the background be, about like how completely unrealistic it is for Max Caster to be in a number one contenders match and listening to Tony Schiavone talk about how much was on the line in this ice cold match was just like just a you know just a real congruence of just like all kinds of bullshit coming together to make for just a a very very 
you know, um, unpleasant viewing experience. Am I am I out to lunch with any of this, guys? No, you're right, man. I mean, shit. This 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 dynamite. I don't know, man. The last few weeks, it's been pretty. Oh, God damn it, we're running out of time. But anyway, yeah, this dynamite is like the last couple of weeks has been stale as shit, man. I mean, Jago, trust me when I tell you. You're lucky you haven't been watching this crap week in, week out. If you watched last week's, you would have literally thrown yourself through a window. I mean, as the way that I feel about AEW, I had very, very high hopes for AEW. I was at all in, hitting the marks was on StarCast and, remember, and right. the whole fucking kit and caboodle, right? So, I mean, I want to like AEW. But everything that AEW said they were going to be is not what they are. And I don't know how much of that I can blame them for. Because when I look at things before the pandemic hit, things seemed like they were going in the right direction. And then once everything got shut down, they went in this like WWE sports entertainment. Yep. We're going to try to produce like a TV show, not a wrestling show. And I don't think they've ever quite figured out that formula. And I don't know how much I can blame them for that. You know what I mean? Because, it, and it's really wrestling in general. Everybody has kind of went looking for their own identity throughout this entire process. Ring of Honor found theirs. New Japan seemingly has kind of found theirs. And then now I don't even know where in the hell they're at. WWE kind of found it. But AEW... It seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchen creatively, and the show feels like Saturday Night Live. It feels like a yes, WWE yes, show. Yes, thank you. Right. Where, where, where you have a, a collection of segments that they put together to make a show, and the segments don't really go together. There's no kind of plot point for the show itself. It's maybe tune in next week and this segment will get continued maybe well, it won't maybe it'll be on dark yeah. maybe it'll be on elevation even though cody said you don't have to watch shoulder content to enjoy aew maybe it'll be on being the elite who fucking knows with <laughs> these guys but how much can i blame a company that was basically 10 months in to their existence and then the entire fucking world changes you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about AEW at this point. Well, and I don't know how they feel about themselves. <laughs> well, in saying that, Jago, to be fair, well, really, uh, maybe that's the wrong choice of words, but the fact that they've only got four pay-per-views a year also sort of books them into a corner, man. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot of content to fill. Exactly. And then they, they, they start feuds one week, right? Like a good example was Penta and Cody couple of weeks ago they start a feud just to build it till for next week and then it was like it never happened you know what i mean and nxt has ran into the same thing ever right. since they went live on usa yeah they've gone backwards in my opinion nxt yep, is a funny absolutely. show me and chris have been saying like week in week out like as good as nxt seems to be on paper it feels like a drag to actually watch to sit through the whole two hours at some stage you're just pulling your hair out and you're like man i just want this shit to end i'm like i don't know if it's just us 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Well, just watch the takeovers, man. Right, right. Everything you need, just watch the takeovers. They'll show you the video package, and WWE makes a hell of a video yeah. package. Well, yeah, hey, the best. They still are the best when, when it comes to professional wrestling. But, man, it's just, there's too much, there's too much professional wrestling right now. And now we've got wrestling every fucking day of the week, like from Monday to Friday. And that's just New Japan. There's other stuff, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's crazy, dude. I mean, New Japan's running, like, you know, five shows a week in some of these freaking times. And it's just, it's insane. It's crazy, man. Chris? Yeah, it's, I mean, dude, like, looking at that, looking at the schedule for WrestleMania week, and I just, like, you know, I, I kind of said on, I think it was a homie, I think it was a HMG post there. Somebody had a picture up of all the wrestling and I was like, guys, I don't even watch porn eight days in a row. Like what the fuck? Like, well guys, you yes. know, what? I just want to quickly say, man, I'm going to, uh, we're going to go to a little short break because we're about to run out of time so we can get started right away. Right. So that's cool. <laughs> all right so next up here we've got tony shivani in the ring and i was kind of scared that he was going to do his sting routine but instead he introduced the death triangle um i noticed jimmy maybe you 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 noticed too it looks like laredo kid um took off his mask and lightened his skin and grew some muscle and grew his hair out uh (laughs) Oh, oh no! It's Pac. Pac is back now. Okay, so so the triangle is 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 now complete again, but with Pac instead of Laredo Kid. So I'm just I'm so thankful that AEW is so clear about who's in what stable at what point in time and stuff like that. It's just it's really good to know. Well, I just want to say, didn't Pac sit out his WWE contract for stupid booking? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, so what the fuck is this shit? You t- <laughs> oh, I just—he can't be happy with his position right now in the company, man. They, they don't even know what to do with him. And Jago, I just want to say—I forgot to mention before, man. Have you noticed something, dude? Have you noticed how many friggin' stables and triangles and circles and squares and and uh, orgies and you know, there's about fifty million uh, stables in uh, AEW, dude. Much more. I'm than fine it- with it. You really? I'm fine with it. Yeah. No, the factions thing doesn't bother me, man. I mean, I watch Japanese wrestling. I knew you were going to say that, but the difference between New Japan, well, yeah, Japanese wrestling actually in general, the way they've done it, it's it's all right because it's not in your face per se, if that makes any sense. Like it's not always sort of like group feuds and shit like 24-7, whereas here everyone has to be in a freaking stable like that everybody there's not one wrestler in AEW that's not really part of a stable so when when, when you look at new japan pro wrestling right you got los and gobernobles right. right you've got chaos you've got suzuki goon you've got bullet club and then there's the guys that aren't affiliated with a faction, right? Like you got your Kota Ibushi, you right, got right. your Hiroshi Tanahashi, but they're kind of a faction in themselves because they, right. they all kind of run together, yes. right? And it's the same way in stardom, right? Because you got stars, you got Donna Del Mundo, 
you got the cosmic angels. I think they're up to about five factions now. And literally everybody is in a faction when it comes to stardom. So like this, it just, this is the Japanese influence coming out in AEW. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, my, my only thing is that I will say, like I, I, my issue with the factions in AEW is they're so small. Like, rather than having so many factions, I would rather see factions be made up more like, you know, five, six, seven guys. So you got somebody who's like the pin eater. You got somebody that's your Yujiro Takahashi. So that way you can protect the guys like your Switchblade Jay White, right? You know, and it's like, because like, even in the main event of this show, right? I'm looking at everybody that's in the ring and I'm going, who eats the pin here? Like, is it, is it, machine gun is that who you pin i mean I'm, I'm looking at all six of those guys and it's like you need a pin eater in those kinds of matches right booker of the East shit jogger you know it's just that's my only issue like rather than having like all these three person factions let's like have you know like some five six people factions and then we can do down rather than the number of factions we can just have everybody split into like you know five right but it's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous because... Well, speaking as somebody who doesn't really watch Japanese wrestling, but is familiar enough to know the four factions that you just mentioned, Jargo, that's my problem with AEW. The four factions that you just mentioned are people who literally I have heard of, I know who they are, and I know most of who that stable is made up of, and I don't even watch the Japanese product. But those stables have all existed for how long a long time right right i mean and, bullet and, clubs coming up on, and, and on the an people, anniversary eight years jeez right and the people and the people who are in them have been in them for you know generally a long time right like how long has sonata been in that stable he's been right. in in it the whole freaking time he's been in japan my and it's a big deal AEW, when somebody defects right right exactly my problem with aew is that there's constantly a new stable. There's a new one forming. Oh, they're, they're, they're now, now these guys are a stable. And now these guys are a stable. And now, oh, there's Death Triangle. But Pac got injured. So now <laughs> uh, Lance Archer is going to join Death, Death, Death Triangle. Oh, no, no. Now he's going to have a match with one of the guys from Death Triangle. So right. now they're just a death line. It's just the two of them. Oh, here comes Laredo Kid for two weeks. Laredo Kid's gone. Here's here's Pac back again. It's like, for fuck's yeah, sake. It's stupid, man. The booking, like. It, it's my problem with all the booking in AEW is that everything feels like it's being done by a fucking person on speedballs. It's just like, oh, let's do this. Oh, and let's do this. And then, and then this guy will eat the pin, and then we'll get him up. And then we'll have them finger each other. Yeah, they'll finger <laughs> each other. That's cool. And then they'll beat the shit out of each other because they're mad at each other again. And then next week, they'll finger each other some more. That's just no fucking great guys. It's like... <laughs> Calm, down. Calm the, the fuck down. <laughs> the thing with factions in, in the Japanese context that I think is different for a lot of people, and it takes a little bit of time to, to actually get caught on to it, right? When you're doing a sports-like presentation, you can actually have teams, right? So they're not really factions, they're teams. And that's I think that's kind of what AEW is trying to get to but they're just not there yet man it's just a like myth. i can justify this shit right because i don't watch it on a week-to-week basis. that's right i was gonna say that 
if you, know, you so you, you look at it a little bit more objectively, but I mean, I can see where watching this on a week to week basis, you want to sit and just beat your fucking head against the wall because it uses 150 calories per hour <laughs> and you're trying to maintain your girlish figure. <laughs> Trust me, Jago, man, every week they don't know who's in the stable or like who's still in the stable and they're creating another stable through a stable. Then there's triangles, octagons, death okay, triangles. We, and Number one, we have to stop with this death triangle bullshit. <laughs> all right. That's never going to catch on. It's a terrible <laughs> fucking name. You have two guys who barely speak any English in the faction, right? So how about this? Including El Pop. Triangulo, El Triangulo de la Murta. That's it. If you call them that, People be like, fuck, yeah, man, I want to buy that T-shirt. El Triangulo Bro. de la Murta, that sounds fucking cool. Bro, when you've got... No, Death Triangle. <laughs> when you've got Excalibur saying Tope Suicida all the time, but the, yet, yeah, that's exactly your point. They do all that shit. They want to fucking get fancy with all the, the, the moves instead of just calling it a suicide dive, right? Yet... Are there two guys in AEW that have been more misused over the course of AEW than Penta and Ray Phoenix? I mean, like, they are two of, like, top-notch fucking talents. And, LAX. Yeah, LAX Oof. is another one, absolutely, Oof. that have just been, like, this huge ball drop. Like, we got to get all these other guys over. Well, yeah, but in order to do that, the guys that are over – you have to fucking keep them over. Like Penta just fucking annoys the shit out of me now. And he was my favorite wrestler like five fucking years ago. Me too, bro. And, and he looks weak as shit because he talks a big game, right? And then he loses all the fucking But they're using him right, right. to get other guys over. That's right. Including Cody. Because Cody needs and, to get over, dude. And the people who don't know who in the fuck Penta is, he's just a fucking loser who looks cool. <laughs> Right, you know what? To be fair to Phoenix, they've been good to him, I think, right? But Penta, but yeah. do something. I mean, Ray Phoenix is one of the, like, top two, three guys in the fucking world. And, and they talk about him like he is too. But Penta, I don't know if he's fucking got any heat or what the fuck's going on there. But Penta looks like a friggin' jobber, dude. How do you say jobber in, in Spanish? El jobere? Like seriously, El Jobber. We'll go with El Jobber. El, jo El Jobber. El Jobber. Yeah, I can totally hear that. <laughs> El Jobber. I, I can totally hear that. Yeah, well, in a triple A fucking ring, you bet. <laughs> Trabajador or something like that. It's probably <laughs> Trabajador. Yeah, Trabajador. Yeah, like a luchador. Yeah, Job Jobarador. What? Jobador. That's it. Trabajador. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, speaking of jobbers and trabajadors, uh, the, the <laughs> death triangle gets interrupted by um, huge superstar Orange Cassidy and the huge. rest of the best friends. Uh, huge. Um, <laughs> so it, I guess they're mad because the last time the death triangle were all in the ring together, uh, they, they beat up Orange Cassidy. But I know that that's not true because the death triangle had a match like four weeks ago and it had nothing to do with Orange Cassidy, and they were the faces. So this is something that's going back six months, but it's literally just jumping back six months to, yep. oh, yeah, we had a problem back then. We've completely forgot about it for the last six months, but we're mad at you again now. Um, basically, the best friends say that they have more wins than anyone else in the company. 
To which I again ask, huh? What? Trent's been injured for the last six months. How do they have more wins than anyone else in this company? Is this like a Goldberg? Re- is this like a Goldberg record? You know, thing where they're just they're just adding wins to the records or whatever. I, I'm, anyway, the punch. This is what happens to- when you don't watch Dark, Chris. Exactly. They're getting all these wins exactly. on Dark. That's exactly. I know. I'm, spot I'm on. terrible spot on. for that. I refuse to watch Dark. Fuck Dark. I'm so overwhelmed with this already. It pisses me off. And then you do have people online, though, that legitimately will argue with you and be like, oh, well, it's just it's your fault because you're not watching Dark. And I'm like, um, track. <clears throat> track. I shouldn't have to watch Dark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did, did I mention Track? <laughs> oh, what's up, Track? Uh, uh, we love you. Um, anyway, basically, the punchline for this is that Trent says, the boys are back in town. Oh, Ugh. and we have an alien with us as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Man, why do we need an alien gimmick? First of all, if there's a woman who's a part of the best friends and all four of them are coming out to the fucking ring, who's going to join the death triangle? And is it then a death rectangle? Like, I'm, I need them to figure some shit out before they just start throwing people on my fucking screen. Now, I like Chris Statlander. I'd like to see more of her. I think she's, I, you know, the alien gimmick is whatever, but I think she can work pretty well, and oh, I think she's sure. got a good look. But why the fuck is she there? Who's she going to fight? Well, obviously, it's the, it's the friend zone, Chris. Maybe she's just there because she's part of the friend zone. You know what I mean? Best friends, man. That's <laughs> That's all it is, dude. Like I said, man, this company, they they take 10 steps forward just to take 100 steps back. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know if it's the inmates running the asylum. It feels worse than WCW 2000, man. And that's saying something. And that's just my opinion. Well, okay. As a WCW fan, if, Me you, go too. Back and watch, Me too. if you go back and watch WCW 2000, I, I, I think that your attitude might change. Like, I think you're looking back on WCW Dude. 2000 nostalgically. That <laughs> was some really, really bad shit, man. Like, I miss WCW too, but I don't miss WCW from 2000. Dude. 2001. No, 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 no. I that went, was bad shit. I went to a Nitro taping and a Thunder taping in 2000. So trust me, <laughs> I feel you. I mean, my God, right? Um, you know, it's disappointing to me because I remember when the best friends were in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, cool. And 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 right towards the end of their run at New Japan Pro Wrestling, like Chucky e. T was doing the crazy eyes thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was just a matter of time and Chucky e. T was gonna turn on Trent. And I was so totally down to see the best friends break up because I can't fucking stand this act. And then and and then you add Orange Cassidy into it, who I hate almost as much as fucking Toru Yano. Um, I, I just and the whole fucking alien gimmick like I and the thing is, I've always liked Trent Beretta as a talent. I don't know why. I don't know why anymore. You know? He's like that basketball player that you're like super pumped when your team signs him. And then he goes out there and he gives you a good solid four points a game. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you know, like at one, at, at one point it was like, honestly, an argument like Tripperetta, Kenny Omega, like they're, they, cause they seem like they're kind of the same person. Oh. You know what I mean? And then like, 
Kenny like went and joined fucking Bullet Club and we saw the rise of Kenny Omega and Trent's still kind of just fucking Trent. He's still Trent, even when he was in WWE. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Back in Uh, developmental, he was still Trent. Like when when, when when your punky vice broke up and Trent went heavyweight, like I was right. so pumped for a Trent Beretta run. And then they brought in Chucky e. T to be his tag team partner. And I was like, man, come on. I want the Beretta run. And then like Chucky e. T is doing the crazy eyes and shit. And it's like, sweet. I'm going to get the Beretta run. No, they leave new Japan and then they stick him with fucking orange Cassidy. So I, I mean, not I just, am not partial in this because I, I fucking hate Orange Cassidy. I fucking well, hate him. That, I love his entrance music. I love the fucking Pixies and all that happy horse shit. Thank you, Tony Khan. I can listen to the Pixies once a week, but <laughs> fuck Orange Cassidy. Like, fuck that guy, man. It's just... Fuck him. That makes fuck three him. of us... Try. Yeah, fuck him. We all hate him. Fuck dude. him. <laughs> this makes for a death triangle on this show. Wait, yeah, literally. Every single one of us have the idea of fuck that guy. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. But anyway, what I also wanted to bring up about that, did you notice how shocking his fucking promo was? That guy cannot talk for shit. There's a reason that he does the sloth. I don't give a shit gimmick, right? I mean, he can't to hide talk. his to he's hide how crappy he is. He like what he's not great in the fucking ring either. I don't understand. He knows why that, believe it or not. He actually he's like as if oh right. he's a he's a superstar he's gonna well, sell so many so many, by by what based on fucking what what exactly are you gonna sell this guy with well funny he can't enough. talk he can't work he's got a shit look that's literally like the three of the four things you need in wrestling well funny enough he knows his limitations i mean he said it himself the the reason for this gimmick and i've heard him say this is because he knows he's not that good right in the ring or just as a personality so hence why he he does this fucking gimmick to like stand out from everybody else jago joey ryan right oh god don't even bring it i can't i've never liked that guy i can't stand same that fucking thing though right. it's the same fucking yeah. thing yeah it's, it's, it's all Grab about the clock. gimmick right exactly the fact that fans even go crazy over another man grabbing another man's crotch and literally twisting him He's hey, fucking you know bizarre. Like, yeah, can all hate... 30 of them in the fucking VMA hall. Like, yeah, all so 30 good. of them go nuts for that fucking guy. Yep, pe- people can hate on Joey Ryan as much as they want. He's a very, very controversial figure. Right. As far as the professional wrestling aspect of Joey Ryan goes, this is a carny fucking business, and it's ran by fucking carnies. Yep. Like... Joey right. Ryan kept himself relevant for how fucking long without taking any bumps? <laughs> and he sucked. How much money did he make? Right. And the thing is, the thing is, Joey Ryan can work. Like, if right, you right. go watch, like, the world's cutest tag team versus the Young Bucks, Joey Ryan can actually work. But if he doesn't have to, then why would he? Pay me the same good. amount of money if I go out there and do a dick flip or if I get thrown into a fucking pile of thumbtacks? I'm going to do the dick flip. Right. Well, they say less is more, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, In you're right. In that respect, did he not have it fucking figured out? True. No, yeah, you're right. oh, I'm just making the argument, the, man. Like, no, you're right, the you're right. gimmick figured out. It's just, you know, you kind of think that maybe he should have done a, a few less dick flips with, uh, with the people in his private life. But um, moving on here, um, Judas hits, and uh, Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle come out just as I was looking forward for a commercial break. Uh, oh, well. 
Um, AEW, let me just give you some free advice. I know that you're an inclusive company and you want to show your your crowd and the people who love your show and everything. And I, I understand that and I sympathize with that, you know, but um, uh, stop showing 300-pound cat ladies, uh, out-of-work Santa Clauses, <laughs> and fat-ass kids in these crowd shots. Um, oh, my it God. Reminds, it, it <laughs> know your audience. Exactly know your fucking, fucking audience. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because there was a point when the inner circle were in the ring. Did you see that fat dude wearing the mask? Look like the biggest fucking slop, right? In the crowd, singing Judas, right? And I'm like, oh man, why is the camera zooming in on this dude for? He looked like the biggest, he looked like literally a 60 year old, just fat shit. No offense. Hey, I'm a chunky dude myself. But that, 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 man, he was dressed in his pajamas pretty much. Like, seriously. Oh God. Like, yeah, come on, man. Exactly. He looked like a slob and, just, and And just one more time, because we say this pretty much every week, but I'm going to keep saying it until somebody at AEW pays attention. It's totally fine that the crowd wants to cheer along to this song. I have no problem with the crowd doing whatever they like at a wrestling show. I mean, it gets obnoxious sometimes, but if they want to if they want to sing a song, that's fine. Um, everybody who's supposed to be a professional wrestler standing around the fucking ringside area, if you are caught singing along to Judas especially if you're a heel and he's a face or if you're a face and he's a heel, you're fired. You're just fired. You, you have no ability to see yourself as a star. So neither do I, you're fired. I agree 100%. And what's with that, man? Why do they continue to do this crap, man? At least don't even have the camera pan to them. Fine. If they want to cheer along, but don't show us that they're fucking doing that shit. You know what I mean? Like Every I time I see Billy Gunn's kid screaming oh. at the top of his lungs, oh, I just my think to myself, God. you know, I can't, I, I can never take this kid seriously. When am I ever going to think, oh yeah, this guy could be a real serious, legitimate threat in a professional wrestling ring? No, he's just a fan. He's Why a fan. You? I'm a fan. Right. I don't think I'm going to be a fucking world champion. So I don't think you're going to be a world champion if you're acting exactly like a fucking fan. Not just that, they even jump all over their friggin' dad, both kids, like they're friggin' dry humping each other. Like, what the fuck is that shit? That's a bit weird, in my opinion. You know what I mean? For for father and sons, you know what I'm saying? It's um it's not great. Okay, um Jericho cuts a promo here. Uh he starts off by saying that he's you know, he's not really smart in uh in in biology, but but he's 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 smart in the psychology of professional wrestling. I I just want to dig into that a little bit because <laughs> until this year I might have agreed with that. But let me just ask Jargo: um, Is it smart to build a new faction, uh, have them take out an old faction, and then have them basically <laughs> get jumped the next week and get their asses kicked? I mean, my guess is that Stu Hart would disagree with that being <laughs> smart wrestling psychology. But but what say you, Jargo? I say they have to fill a lot of TV time every week. Um, I, I, here's the thing: like, right, like I'm listening to everything you guys are saying, and you're and you're both exactly right. Okay, but everything changes now. Everything is completely different now. Because last night, that promo 
was clearly the baby face turn for the inner oh, circle. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, clearly. Like before it was questionable, like where they kind of fell, like what side of the ledger. This is the problem with Chris Jericho at this point in his career. Chris Jericho has a case for being the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Yes. And it's really, really hard to boo that guy over a long period of time. The problem is he does his best work as a heel. Mm -hmm. That's the real problem. But at a certain point, you have to turn Jericho baby face. And of course, by association, you have to turn the entire inner circle baby face because people want to cheer Chris Jericho. And now it's okay to cheer Chris Jericho. So now I don't have a problem with the crowd singing along to his fucking song. I don't have a problem because now... It's okay to cheer Chris Jericho. A week ago, this was a real problem. Now, I feel like, is there really a problem here? Because it it's Chris Jericho. And these are the guys that run with Chris Jericho. So they're cool too. And I've always really kind of wanted to cheer Sammy Guevara. I've always really kind of wanted to cheer the dead presidents, LAX, whatever the fuck they want to call them now. Pardon powerful. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, don't fucking repeat that. <laughs> and, and and Jake Hager's there too. Yeah, you know and what Jake I mean? Hager, so, right. And I mean, like, he is kind of a badass. He's like a professional fighter and shit. And like, he, just he should go out there right. and beat somebody up, right? Well, yeah, like, I can exactly. get down with this. So now I don't have a problem with any of this because now the inner circle are baby faces. So yeah, well, can I really hate on it? You know? Yeah, no, that's what I. That's what. That's sort of why I said like I don't care if the crowd cheers along. I it's mean, the workers again. In you know, but when the but workers again, it's are Chris doing fucking it and, Jericho. They're they're trying to kiss Chris Jericho's ass because he's the fucking goat. It works for a baby face or a heel. Yeah, but it okay. I just uh, to me it just it just makes you seem very very small like as a pro wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Like. I you know get wanting to do. kiss up to the to, to, to the big guys, and I get that that's the way that wrestling really is. Like, if you're a new wrestler, you do kiss The Rock's ass. You do kiss Stone Cold's right, ass. Right. And but shake everyone's it, hand. It, <laughs> but you do, yeah, you shake everyone's hand, but you don't, Even Randy you don't Orton. show that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah, you don't show Brock Lesnar coming in and then, you know, shaking The Rock's hand and saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really, really, you know, really thankful that I get an opportunity to, to be in the ring with you you know i've been a big fan since i was a little kid and just really excited to be able to to go out there and have a good show with you and you know like uh you know i'm i'm sorry that this is the way that they're booking it and i'd, I'd love to be able to lay down for you and blah 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 if you do that you fuck brock lesnar completely he's gone he's done he's not a serious fucking threat anymore and so when you have heels around the side of the ring who chris jericho may have to work with fucking screaming along to to this fucking song it's like how can i take that guy seriously i don't know i i i get where you're coming from but they're just there's you a disconnect there do. for me you know what they should do is they should turn it into an angle right like you do like the whole mickey james trish stratus thing where you got like this obsessed <laughs> fucking fan and it's austin gunn and he really wants to be in the inner circle, right? Like you could turn this into a whole fucking angle for Austin Gunn. I'm here for that. Are you implying I'm here for that, Jargo? The, but the difference with the Mickey James Trish Stratus 
storyline back then. That was a bit of a, you know what I'm but saying? You could do it so much darker with a guy. Yeah, right? he's like, a real you stalker could do, type, like, whole, like a creeper, like, right? On, yeah, like what Dexter like, Loomis should be, yeah, not what he is in NXT. Oh, but thank you. Like you could go like over the top, obsessed fan, like, but I mean, is, like a is still fully qualified, right? Like Austin in the bushes Gunn would and be shit. <laughs> great for that role. Like looking yeah, in the, I love it through the window and shit. Like you know what I mean? While Jake is having a shower. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know fucking I mean? turn it into an angle. I think it'd be great shit. And plus, you could get Billy Gunn off of TV because, I mean, come on, man. It's 2021. I love the ass man and all. <laughs> but all that's going to do is hold Austin Gunn back. Like, you do something super dark like this. It's a complete character change. He can be taken seriously. And I think he'd be great at it. Well, Jago, don't be logical, okay? Because, you know what? Hearing that... Dude, that is a brilliant idea. And you know what, Jago, you've got some AEW connections. Maybe you need to like pass that shit on. <laughs> because I'm telling you now, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. It, man. Give me a t- See what me I mean though? But apparently we got send, Booker of the Year. Tony Khan. Send, I'll send a fucking email. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really doing <laughs> You heard it here first, right. folks, on the skirmish. <laughs> well, while Jargo sends the email, he's um, we'll, doing we'll, it. <laughs> we'll keep reviewing the show here. Uh, Jericho, he talks about um, his jerk-off friend, um, MJF, which kind of in my head turned on, turned into my jerk-off friend. Um, yeah, He just right. kept saying, my jerk-off friend, MJF. And I mean, look, Chris, it's 2021. I don't care what you do, but the way you two choose to make love is really <laughs> just not something to be sharing on public television. Um, he basically talks about literally every single member of the Pinnacle or the Pineapple or the whatever. Pineapple. There you go. Talk about burying him already. Listen, I love Chris Jericho and I hate that this is where my fucking mind went, but this went on for so long it that did. it started to remind me it of did. Ultimate Warrior's Nitro promo, and I was just oh. like, can somebody <laughs> tell him to shut the fuck up and move on? Dude. Oh, no, look, that that's hard to top, dude. That that went for a good 30 minutes, I'm telling you, that, that Warrior promo. But <laughs> that really threw me off. But I, what I do want to say is, Jaga, let me ask you something here, dude, right? Now, you obviously didn't see how the pinnacle formed, but you know roughly how it happened. I know what right? happened. Yeah. All right. Now, let me ask you. Now, if you're the pinnacle, right, if you were Tully Blanchard, if you were the perfect 10, who's pretty much the perfect minus 10 at this point, and, uh, and FTR, would you, be, would, you, would you be taking orders from a little young snot-nosed punk named mjf and don't get me wrong mjf is one of the best going around right now but in this context do you think he's right to be leading this group of men absolutely absolutely interesting i i think rick and i called this faction going all the way back to the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast like when ftr got released we kind of predicted this was going to be their horsemen and I was really super surprised when MJF joined the inner circle and then kind of right, right. the way that whole story played out. My God, thank God it finally played out. Um, kind of like the Jericho promo, right? Right. Jericho cut a great, 
I mean, all time great promo for about six minutes. <laughs> the only problem was it went for about eight. <laughs> yep. Because it just it just went on for too long. He had too much time to fill. Um, or that or he went through it too fast. I mean, but this was an all-timer. If there would have been fans, like real AEW fans in that arena, you don't think that they wouldn't have been chanting jerk off friend? Oh, definitely. 100%. Jericho had me in the palm of his fucking hand during that promo. True. No, you're right. You're right. This was the only good segment on the show. The only problem was it went for too long. Okay. At so a certain point, it did, it did lose me because it just went for too long. So just bringing back to what I asked you just, just a second ago. So you agree that MJF should be leading a group of men pretty much? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. You don't think that, that MJF is an alpha? You don't think no, he's no, alpha no, no, no. enough See, to, be, to, to be a leader? I do think he's alpha enough. But when it comes to... Look, I'm looking at it from my perspective. Now, just say we're a group, right? We're, we're called the Death Triangle, right? Just say, right? Now, one more member is going to join. And this member, right, is 25 years old, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're all, you know, in our mid like you know it's a prodigy i mean like the 25 year old thing with mjf does not apply no because you're right. mjf is just that fucking good he and is good. I, I knew mjf was that good when he was 22 years me old. too no i, I mean I, it's I totally it's agree. insane it has um, nothing to do with his talent i'm just saying like him the being thing is who doesn't benefit in that group i mean sean spears is relevant again ftr i mean like they're, they're basically the greatest tag team on the face of the fucking planet oh, the problem sure. is they can't cut a fucking promo to save their goddamn life which is why they were given Tully blanchard to begin with right, right. now you have mjf one of the best talkers in the entire fucking business as the mouthpiece for one of the best tag teams in the fucking world. Like it, it just, everything about it works to me. Like okay. Ric Flair, I didn't care how old Ric Flair was oh, in comparison right. to the rest of the horsemen. You know, it was the personality, it was the flash, champion. it was. How many times had Ric Flair been world champion though when he was leading the horsemen? Ric Flair wasn't as good as MJF when Ric Flair was 25 years old. That's true. Not even close. Not right. even close. Most I mean, wrestlers aren't as good as that kid is. No, like, no. And, most and wrestlers are never as good as he is right I, now. I, but I, I mean, but to me, like professional wrestling, listen, like, I, like I get that I come from a, di a bit of a different background, right? Being Canadian, like there's a lot of tradition in professional wrestling and we take it maybe more seriously than a lot of like, and I don't mean that I take wrestling more seriously than you do, Jargo, because I do not. <laughs> you 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 are a much bigger fan of this than i am but where i come from like the 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 way that you look at it is that professional wrestling is meant to be treated as if it's a real sport and if it's a real sport then mjf has never won any major championships and he's leading ftr who as you said are probably the best tag team in the world like I'm okay with seeing where this goes. I want to watch the story and see where they go with it because I feel like they can write something to make me understand why these guys are paying are taking orders from them. But at this point, all I see is the best tag team in the entire world taking orders from a kid who has never won anything significant in pro wrestling. And that's my issue. It has nothing to do with his, with, with his talent. 
because he is one of the it's best. It's his booking at this right. point. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I feel like they should have given him a world title before they gave him this kind of a spot. But well, and the problem is the the issue with MJF is he's Ric Flair, right? And then yes, the bell is. rings, and then the bell rings, and he's not Ric Flair. He's I, not. That that is the problem with MJF. Why is MJF not a world champion? Because he can't work with somebody like Kenny Omega. He can't Ooh. he can't go out there and have that kind of no. a match. He's not that kind of a wrestler, right? But when when Full the right time yeah. the right time for MJF to win the championship is when you have babyface contenders lined up for the champion that are like Cody. Right, right. That, that wrestled that kind of style. So even Moxley and MJF, I could see that being all right. But he can't go out there and have one of these five-star burn-it-down yeah. fucking matches. No way. No. I, it, that's and just Does he him. have to? He doesn't even have to anyway. Like, no, yeah. no, because his, it's not the way that – neither does Cody. Right, you, right. You exactly. know what I mean? But, yeah. yet, you know, you go back and look at that match at All In with Cody and Dustin, and it's just the, the, the storytelling right. inside was, of the yeah, match. Yeah, exactly. And that's what MJF is going to bring to it, too. You, you you brought up Flair, and how many times was he world champion? Well, how many times did the Horsemen help him win the world championships back in the 80s? Like, there's this false narrative about Ric Flair and how fucking great he was. Ric Flair was the dirtiest player in the game for a reason. Like that motherfucker, like, he might have been 16 time world heavyweight champion. He cheated to win at least 14 of them fucking belts. <laughs> All right. Like, let's make Facts. no mistake about this, right? Facts, man. But there's kind of this false narrative about Ric Flair. You know what I mean? And when MJF finally wins it, how is he going to win it? Fucking Shatter Machine. Sean Spears is going to pop somebody with the fucking glove. And then MJF gets draped over the fucking body and becomes the world champion and tells everybody that he's so much better than them. And you and know it. it. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's Ric Flair. Like to a fucking well, that's the right book. That is the right book. See, Jago, hey, TK, hire this guy, man. Seriously. <laughs> but you can't do it if you oh, don't put geez. the group together first. Right. Well, right that's what right, I'm right. saying. Well, let's just hope they're going that route. You think they are. You would think they are, right? But if the AEW audience will put up with it because MJF can't go out there and have a Kenny Omega match. Right, he right. can't go out there and wrestle with Ray Phoenix. Like, you have to I mean, set frankly, it up the right way. Frankly, at this point, I've been watching for over a year, and I haven't seen Kenny Omega have a Kenny Omega match. Well, there is that. Sorry. That's true. He's right. That's true. Uh, no, we'll get absolutely. back to that. We'll, we'll take our final break. And push into the final segment. But Chris, that's a great point. We'll, we'll get more into that as we come back from the break. Yeah, so Jimmy, what do you think about that? Like I said, I, I don't think the Kenny Omega has had a Kenny Omega match in AEW. I agree with you 100%. And this brings me back. Do you remember, like, was it maybe a couple of years ago when I was talking to you, Chris, about Kenny Omega? And you, like, you weren't the biggest fan of his at first, right? And no, I remember... like, I'm from Winnipeg, bro. Like, yeah, well, I'm no, not, I know. I'm outside of Winnipeg. Right. But Winnipeg's my home city. Like, you know, if anybody should be a fan of Kenny Omega, I'm the guy. But I was always just like, I don't know. He seems like he's a little bit of an overactor, and I mean, he seems like he yeah. can work a little. But I don't, I don't see the best bout machine here, and I literally still haven't in AEW. 
Well, see, I wanted to bring back to when I was trying to sell you, Kenny, back then, right? Um, the thing is, I, I'm, I hate hearing people, a lot of people that never really saw his, his, his New Japan run, think he's overrated, right? And I can, I can understand that. I, I see what people are saying. But let's not get it twisted. Jago, I'm sure you can vouch for this, right? But when he was coming up, when he first came into the Bullet Club and then became the leader of the Bullet Club, how fucking hot was he, dude? How great was he? Kenny was red hot, man. I red mean, hot. I, I'm not sure I've any seen anybody as hot as Kenny Omega was during that specific run. The only thing is, you have to remember that run was only about a year and a half. Yeah, I was going to say a couple of years, give the, or take. The, right, but I mean, when he really turned heavyweight, like if you right, take out right, all the right. all of his junior stuff yeah. when he was just working undercard stuff in Bullet Club, when he took over as the leader of Bullet Club, um, that only went for like really about a year and a half. His one, he won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. His title run was Shocking. miserable. Miserable. It was I awful. Agree. It was all the chase, right? Yep, yep. And and the thing is, okay, we haven't seen that great Kenny Omega match. How many great Kenny Omega matches can you name that were not against Kazuchika Okada? Uh, what about against Naito? Oh yeah, I'm I'm serious though. Like yeah. when you really stop and think, how many great Even Kenny Omega is. matches? Yeah, true. Yeah, right. absolutely. Like there's a few. There's right. a few, but Kenny Omega wasn't having that match with everybody either. No, you're is right. kind of my point. Like when you look at Okada and you look at the great matches that he has had over the course of the years, there is a long freaking list. Everybody can go out there and have a great match with Kazuchika Okada because much like Ric Flair, who we were talking about earlier, Okada can carry anybody to a great fucking match. Uh, now it right. takes two to dance. That's absolutely true. No, but it takes match. one to lead that match. And if Okada is that one, I, you're seeing it with Shingo Takagi right now too. Everybody's going out and having their best match against Shingo Takagi. Yeah, Why? Because match. Shingo is that fucking good. Okada's that fucking good too. Yeah, that's true, man. I don't know if Kenny is that good. Kenny's really good, but is oh, he? Oh, Jago. Is he? Is he? I can't believe is Kenny this. Omega. Is he a once in a generation talent? Is he yes, somebody that you absolutely? Or or Dude, I think he Bret Hart had a good match with Diesel. That's all I'm saying. I like right. That's what I mean. Right. Like who when when, when you would have a match with with Shawn Michaels, right? It was the best match of your fucking career because you were in the ring with Shawn fucking Michaels, right? Now what I'm saying, I'm not saying Kenny's not great. I can't believe he's saying. I'm saying okay. <laughs> let me use it. Okay, Triple H. Right. First ballot Hall of Famer. No fucking question. No fucking right? question. I 100% agree. What's the Triple H match? Yeah, but you know what, dude? Triple H was the greatest number two of all time. He was number never three. a number one. He was <sighs> never a one. You could never build a company around Triple H. You needed him, though. He had uh, to be that foil. I, would... I think Kenny Omega is closer to Triple H than he is to Shawn Ooh. Michaels. You know what, dude? Let me. I'm going to say it right now, and, and I hope I don't get heat for this, right? But you know what? I've always been a fan of Triple H, and not when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, obviously, right? 
That was, was the best fucking Triple H is when he right. was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hold on. I'm talking about pre-DX Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes! Right. <laughs> the blue blood shit, right, right, man. Right. That shit was fucking dope. But in saying that, in saying that, I am a huge fan of Triple H. There, I said it. I said it. I love Triple H, but he was never that number one fucking guy. Right, but he was the number three guy. I agree with Chris. Probably number three at one stage, number four maybe, right? But I... He's I, a 14-time world heavyweight champion. Sure, to fire. So first ballot, Hall of Famer. Uh, no doubt. I would never build a company around Edge. There's no, no fucking chance no, I would build no, a company around no, him. I'm saying. No. I, don't think, I don't think he's anywhere Whoa. near a number one guy. Like, Whoa. that's what I mean. Like, I don't think Triple H is even a number two guy. I think he's I, I think he's at best your third, your third top star. And when he was his most successful was when Rock and Steve Austin were carrying the bag for him. Mick exactly. Foley. Mick Foley is who made him, though. I think that brought Absolutely. him to the next Absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the other problem with Kenny Omega. Name me a great Kenny Omega match that was under a half hour. <laughs> Why? Why'd you do that? Most of, there most isn't of these any. matches, most of these matches on <laughs> AEW television are going 11 fucking minutes. Oh yeah. 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 I thought you meant in new Japan, but I right now, no, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. There, we have not had a Kenny Omega match because Kenny Omega doesn't have any, you can't do that on American television. That's true. that's the difference. If Kazuchika Okada, the greatest professional wrestler walking the face of the fucking planet today, and I would fight anybody on that, he could not get over on American television because you can't go out and have a great Okada match in seven to eleven I fucking agree. minutes. I agree with that. That a hundred percent. I agree with because he comes across as kind of boring if you if you have. And Kenny is right. the same way. The, the build inside of a Kenny Omega match, the warm-up inside of a Kenny Omega match is the first 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> That's, That's an entire match in the United States. It's a completely different style, and it, I, I just don't think Kenny Omega is a number one in North America. It works in New Japan if you want to go out and have 40-minute classics, if you want to go and have a 60-minute Broadway. On fucking American television, they're bored as shit. I get what you're saying, uh, and I agree to an extent. But then again, actually, no, I totally agree because unfortunately, with the Western fan base, they've got a low attention span, so you can't have these barn, you know, forty-minute barn burners like like we did or like he did in uh, in New Japan, unfortunately. But insane. During that, the G1, he would go out and have that match. 11, 12 times. How many main events did we see Kenny Omega in? And you knew, regardless of who it was, Ishii, Naito, Ibushi, Okada, on down the line, if it was a main event match, that motherfucker was going at least 25 minutes to 35 minutes. Uh, you're, you're right. You're spot on. Like, spot on. And you know what, man? And I've said it a million times. Kenny, at that point especially, was the man. My favorite professional wrestling in all of professional wrestling. Maybe we're too hardcore for your normal, you know, fan base, except for Chris, because Chris is like he says it himself, right? You're like the casual fan, right? So I can I understand. I am the lapsed fan. That's right. exactly who I am, man. I, I, I watched wrestling religiously as a kid. I loved everything right up until the sale of WCW. And then I really just kind of dipped in and out 
here and there, kind of coming back, seeing what's going on, seeing what's going on. And when AEW first started, I was really honestly like buoyed by that. And I was like, okay, this could be really good. Maybe, maybe pumped, it's going to be like, right. Maybe it's going to be like WCW. And I remember watching WCW and appreciating the wrestling matches. Like I'm Definitely. a Chris Jericho guy. I'm a Chris Benoit guy. Fuck it. I'm a Dean Malenko guy. Hey, you know what I mean? I, I agree. like wrestling I agree. matches. Right, right. And I was hoping for something a little bit like that because yeah, I like those guys, but I still wanted to see what the fucking NWO were doing. Like, course, I still wanted right. to see the the cool TV side of it too. And I was hoping that AEW was going to be that. And I still have some hope that they can get there, but Oof. somebody's going to, at some point, TK is going to have to basically tell somebody, hey, I need you to tell me when I'm going off the fucking rails. He needs a Vince McMahon because he's more of a Vince Russo. He needs somebody to tell him, hey, this is enough. I dare say he doesn't even hold Russo's jockstrap, dude. I mean, he his TV is not the same quality as Vince's, as Russo's was, but his he's he's pretty close to that erratic. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about uh, Christian Cage. He cuts a promo backstage. My feed was kind of fucked, so I don't know what he said, but I'm imagining he said that he's there to outwork everyone. <laughs> Um, then Taz showed up he offered him a spot on Team Taz um, to which I just why would anyone join Team Taz they haven't won anything they haven't won anything they haven't been competitive in anything the biggest name on their roster Brian Cage had a 20 minute match against the TNT champion who he outweighed by 100 pounds and literally couldn't get more than a one count is is this a fundamental problem in Tony Khan's mind? Is this why he can't get anyone to join the Jaguars too? Because he thinks, oh, we'll just offer them a job and they'll love it. If your team sucks to the degree that Team Taz and the Jaguars suck, no one wants to come play with you. I agree. I agree. Well, that's about to change for the Jacksonville Jaguars when they draft Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know. The whole Team Taz thing just feels flat to me, man. Like, just doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. And it should work because I love Taz on a microphone, but it, it this is just not working. And Brian Cage, I loved Brian Cage in Lucha Underground, and it's been all downhill since there. Like, the, the, the whole Mr. Get My Shit In thing, like, it just does not work. 100 percent dude and any any you know what man he sucks he is a, a glorified he's an, jobber he's an independent wrestler who is on national television 100%. and for some reason that's that has not clicked for him it's it's ridiculous it's uh, i just don't rate him at all once you once you've lost to a female right on the way out of impact and then he lost <laughs> To Darby Allen, and don't get me wrong, Darby, I'm a fan of his, right? We used to call him Meth Sting, right? <laughs> but, but you know what? He's grown on accurate. us. Yeah, well, come on. Seriously, and this is before Sting even appeared, right? Yeah. We're calling him Meth Sting, right? Yeah. But you know what? The, the kid gets it, though, man. He knows that he's not big, right? He knows that. So he knows he uses his body very unorthodox because he knows 
He can't match it in size. So he just throws his body at you, which is great because he mostly least... sells through a match. And that too, exactly. And he's improved leaps and bounds, man. I'm not gonna lie. You know what I mean? He's Zach Saber Jr. It's just a completely different version. Like, I was gonna say Zach Saber Jr. goes out and like he might hit you with like 10 moves. But the first time you punch him, he's dead for the next five minutes. Right. You, you know what I mean? Because he he knows his size. You, you know, and yep. Darby is very much the same way. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of size here, uh, coming up next, we've got a uh, we, we've got a tag team match that the announcers kept comparing to Kong versus Godzilla, which hey, was you know what? No, good on AEW for that. Holy shit, because, I mean, they actually ran, like, a Kong versus Godzilla video package before this. Yeah. You know how much money they got paid for that <laughs> shit? I mean, <laughs> damn, good on them. Like, WWE wishes that they could get Hollywood blockbusters like that to advertise on their television. Right. WWE would have loved to have a Kong versus Godzilla match. <laughs> AEW yeah, well, got it. Like, that. that's actually saying something. I thought this was... And- I mean, I, I thought it was good for AEW, movie. even if the match was, you know, kind of, I don't get Bear Country at all, man. I'm just, is is that yeah. like, are, are they Billy and Chuck? Like, is it like Bear Country? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> Dude, they remind me of a poor man's, um, what, what do you call War Machine. I, I think there's something deeper going on here, bro. I think you need to look, take a look at the word bear and think about it a little bit differently. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, you, you follow me now? Like, I, I, get, I get you, Jago. I, I get what you. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> like, Would you like to elaborate for our listeners? <laughs> um, yes, I will elaborate with one word. <laughs> Furries. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the match. Uh, we start off with dives what the by fuck, uh, man? by Jungle oh. Boy. Um, oh. oh, by the way, we by no. the way we missed. Bro, Jungle you got Jungle Boy and the Bears. Whoa. Like I'm just fuck you, Chris. Sorry, all right, I always go fuck yourself. Go fuck okay. yourself. You Kanaka. <laughs> all right. I am not all going right. and fucking myself at all when we're talking about Jungle Boy and the Bears. <laughs> all right, like. There is some. Oh. I'm t- there are some undertones here, and then they got nothing to do with King Kong and Godzilla. God yeah. damn it! Um, so anyway, there's the dives to start off here. Jungle Boy does a dive, um, which you know usually would be like an impressive thing, except this is AEW, and there's already been like seven dives. And then immediately after he dived, um, his tag team partner, who's a giant, uh, also did a dive. Um, if Luchasaurus is capable of doing everything that Jungle Boy can, why wouldn't he just find an even bigger, stronger partner to be with? What does Jungle Boy bring to the equation if Luchasaurus can already do all the flippy shit? <laughs> Good question, Jago. <laughs> Yo. I, I see. I, I have, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, that makes, like the uh, only thing I can think of is he's got a nice ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm God, Greek, we, but uh... not that Greek, Jago. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> Jesus he wants God. to spend time with Jungle Boy and the two bears. <laughs> oh man! What? Well, anyway, what? anyway. So where does that leave? <laughs> 
Come on, GAG, pull it together. Okay, well, well then I'll, I'll ask you this, Jago. What about the walking head job? <laughs> <laughs> what, what part does he play? Is he just a walking head job? He gets to be Marco Spunk. Okay. Oh! Now, hey, <laughs> every, <laughs> every good porno has a good midget. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so that the was Nightmare gold. Factory cut a promo. Oh. Um, I don't care yet. I, you know, if they do something with this, I'll be shocked beyond belief. But right now, this is just yet another team of yet another group of people who no one knows. And I'm sorry, no one cares about. Well, Jago, I just want to say now that you brought up a particular favorite of mine, Chris, Jago, what do you think of the name QT Marshall? Since we were talking about walking, I I thought it was and... QT Marshall. Oh, Marshall. <laughs> so it's Q... French. <laughs> so it's QT Down Marshall. QT Marshall. <laughs> oh, anyway, and and I Which know makes everything just a little bit gayer, right? Like right. the French <laughs> just accent just makes everything just a touch, <laughs> just a little just... bit less manly, right? Oh, QT Marshall. <laughs> that's it that's the new name from now on is qt marshall qt marshall and bailey's ex-boyfriend yes and bailey's ex- that's all that goes through my head every time i see him so- solo or swallow whatever the fuck i know I, I know he has a real wait swallow is that yeah. his name well we got spitty and swallow, swallow. <laughs> yeah that's it aaron's swallow right but yeah solo whatever the fuck his name is i can't believe Man, hey, at least he was fucking doing Bailey. Let's give him that. Let's give him some fucking props here. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but was. I mean, he lost. Was. It, so, That's the key word. Know. Was. <laughs> he got I done. Know, this, I, thought, I thought this segment was just stupid, man. Like, I, I, I can't take QT Marshall in that in that context. I just can't do it. <laughs> well, see, get like this, at all. At all. Uh, that makes three of us. But what I wanted to say originally, until we got onto the Frenchie stuff, um, I, I get it. He's from New York, hence the Apple gimmick, right? You know what I mean? The big Apple. How fucking original. Like, seriously, how fucking silly is that shit, man? Does does he spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool? Apparently, he swallows. <laughs> he's part of Team Swallow, remember? So he, he doesn't, he's not a spitty. So <laughs> he, he holds it in and swallows it. But that's another story. But um, anyway, the point is, this guy is so friggin' bland. I know he was in Ring of Honor, right? Big deal. I don't really remember him. For I don't remember him there exactly, either. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. And like, why? Like this guy, why are they putting him over when he's supposed to be, I believe, the head trainer in AEW? He has a lot of roles. See, this is the problem I've got with his company. Now, you were saying earlier, Jago, that they don't have enough time to push everybody, yet they're pushing QT, Marshall. Hey, man, I, they don't have time to push everybody. I didn't say that they were making the right decision in the people <laughs> that they were pushing. Nice, nice. Nicely played, Jago. You know, I mean... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, though, like, is it... Like, at seriously. least half the guys that were on this show don't deserve to be fucking pushed. Right, exact, exact mundo. And what makes it worse... But, uh, to, to contrast that, how do they ever get over if you don't push them? But why how do you, you know what? How do you know what's gonna stick? 
Yeah, right. But but really, right? But why would you want to pu- push Cutie Marshall? Oh, sorry, Marshall. I, that's, that's I just read it as I, I read it as Cody doing his homeboy a solid. That's really, and and why would you do it to raise his profile so you can get more pro wrestlers to come to your school so that you're getting more recruits that you can push on to AEW Dark and see what <laughs> sticks against the fucking wall and what you can bring to Dynamite and maybe you well, find some diamond in the rough like I don't know Darby fucking Allen like who oh, thought that Darby Allen was gonna be a star right I, I followed but, his uh, career though Darby before until, AEW but until, right. but until you put him on TV and push him. You don't fucking know. Like when when Darby Allen first showed up on AEW Dynamite, there were people that are like, "What in the fuck are you gonna do with this fucking sack of potatoes?" And now he's like one of the most beloved characters on the fucking show. You know why? Because he says he, he hardly says anything, which is the right thing to do with him. Don't expose. They're not exposing him. They're not overexposing Darby, unlike others. You know. And funny enough, that's exactly the same way that Sting got over. Exactly. And yet on AEW exactly. Dynamite, right. they're insistent on shoving a fucking microphone oh. into his goddamn hand. But for no, right. for nothing, there's no substance half the time with what he's... He's like walking around with like no head. He's just... And the guy literally got over by not saying a fucking word for a year. Yep. Me and Chris have been preaching this shit for fucking months, dude. So we, yep. we totally agree. I love Sting. This, this is I love when Sting, Sting made his, his debut. Ever, but, for sure. Ugh. Yeah, when he made his debut in AEW, I gotta tell you, man, I was never he like was a excited, Sting dude. fan. Right. But I legitimately was excited about wrestling for probably the first time in five years. I've I thought, never seen him like that. <laughs> if they, man, if they book this guy like that Phantom of the Opera type character, who's in and out and he doesn't say anything and he just shows up with a bat randomly at different places man this could be such an awesome fucking character moving forward and the next fucking week they have him come out and give hugs to tony shivani get it's the dead. fuck it's out dead. of here <laughs> hey yeah, credit week two it was fucked up man week, week two two that's and, what I'm saying. and credit to tony Sh- skiavone right or shivani right did you see how he ribbed himself? I'll pop to that. I must say, how he, he he was saying how he gets excited and then he laughed to himself and then he's like, "It's day, it's day." <laughs> I I love Tony Schiavone. He was too, the voice man. of my childhood. Likewise. I love Jim Ross. Yep. I mean, he he is historically the greatest ring announcer ever. Right? No doubt. The AEW commentary is fucking awful. It's fucking awful. In saying that, though, Jago, I do find it funny because they take the piss on the product so much and they give so much shit to Excalibur, right? That it, it pops it's, me. It's so bad. I like Excalibur. No, he's great. Man. Just the mask, man, just throws me off. And Tope Suicida and Escalator fucking this and that. Like, for fuck's sake. Oh, dude, the best. The best commentary in AEW history was when they were having that backstage brawl, and he's going, oh, he's trying to set him up on that uh, food preparation device, and Jim Ross (laughs) flatlines with, that's called a table, Excalibur. (laughs) I was just like, motherfucker. Like, that's the best bit of commentary I've ever heard in professional wrestling. But Uh, what were you going to say, Jago, just before about Excalibur? Just... (laughs) If they would just explain it, 
You know what I mean? Like, just explain why he wears a mask. Right. Like, you know, like that, that, that'd be awesome. But this is AEW, Jago, where they don't explain nothing. They expect you to know already. And if you don't, stiff shit. And that's part of the problem with Sting. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like this would be different if they could actually show old Sting footage. Oh, that'd be great. That'd, they can't. that'd be great. Yeah, because WWE owns it all. Well, now you that know, there's Impact like, that Wrestling, sucks. though, Jago. Oh yeah, there is Impact. I'm, does does Impact still own that entire library? Is Impact Plus still a thing? Yeah, it is actually. And who really? would pay for it? I don't know, man. Yeah, it really is. Maybe William Alicia, shout outs to him, would pay for it, but uh, I sure as hell wouldn't. No. No, not a chance. Um, also, things I'm not buying is that Sting has some kind of magical powers to bring um, winter because very <laughs> clearly, every single time these bubbles hit the screen, they're <laughs> bubbles. So he's not winter Sting, he's bubble Sting. I'm calling it right now. Is he blowing bubbles um, from his mouth though, Chris? I, I, whatever he's doing, his superpower is bubbles. I'm not impressed. Um, Jake Roberts shows up to interrupt. Uh, he, he talks like this. Oh, God. He's, saying, oh, he's got to stop. He's I just hurt stop myself. <laughs> I just hurt myself even trying to sound like Jake Roberts. Um, and then, uh, and then there's a new tag team in the stands. And then there's Lance Archer. And then Sting says he's going away. And then he comes literally right back in the next segment like who is booking this can it's i so much just throw everything at everything boys can you please explain to me did we get a face turn with fucking archer and is sting now the new <laughs> or are we going is sting gonna be the new sort of uh mentor to lance archer should i say because it feels like it's going that way I don't think Archer should have a mentor. Right. He doesn't need one. I feel like Archer Everybody dies. Can, he can be booked like Big Show. And I say that oh. in the respect that it only takes about three weeks to really heat Lance Archer up to make him a He's awesome, dude. Talent. He's awesome. Yeah. And I remember the, and I remember like the days Undertaker. when he was... You know, like Undertaker. Like right. Undertaker can go and do whatever the hell he wants for like two years until one of two things happens. Either he, A, wants the championship just because it's something to do, or B, the champion pisses him off. And immediately, he's a main event talent again. And then he can go back to doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. Like, right. I think Lance is that fucking good. I think Lance could be that for AEW if they would just pull their head out of their ass and quit turning him babyface or heel every two Every weeks. week. Thank you. Yeah, but, yeah, but Jargo, the, the, the reason why they can't book him like that is because he's taller than six foot one. Exactly. And in AEW, that means right. you're a jobber. That's exactly. That's a fucking fact, dude. We were first saying Clearly that, Clearly someone tall picked on tony khan as the kid because 100%. every single tall or muscular person on this show gets buried like fucking hard it's true man and we've been saying that we first started saying that jago as a joke it was just a gag not really taking it too serious but guess what it's a real thing man it's a real phenomena dude it if you're over 220 right and and you're i mean if you weigh over 220 and you're a, and the minimum requirement is six foot two and up. You're a jobber. Simple. I want Lance Archer to go after Darby Allen, 
and destroy right. the fuck out of him. Right. And just destroy him. Like, I want yeah. him going after the TNT championship. But I also want him to take out Sting. And I want it to lead to a tag team match between Darby Allen and Sting versus Lance Archer and a partner of his choosing. Fuck it. I'd say just him on his own and just destroy him both. And then you bring Minoru Suzuki in (laughs) as Lance Archer's partner. And if you're going to give me Minoru Suzuki and Sting in the same ring at the same time, (laughs) shut up and take my fucking money. Problem is, though, Jago, um, first of all, Sting can't do anything apparently other than fucking cinematic matches. Scream. He can fucking scream when Suzuki puts him in a goddamn submission hole. He can fucking scream. Man, Suzuki is the definition that age is just a number. That dude. And AEW fans would lose their minds and immediately Lance Archer would be considered a main event talent because he hangs out with Minoru Suzuki. Like the rub that Lance Archer would get from Minoru Suzuki and Archer being a former member of Suzuki right, Goon, right, for exactly. anybody who doesn't watch New exactly. Japan Pro Wrestling, right. I think that would just, it, it would give Lance a credibility to the AEW audience that they may not know that he actually has. But I, I think they, I, I, I think that people would lose their minds to such a drastic degree to see Minoru Suzuki in, on American television. I, I, I think the AEW marks would lose their freaking minds. Problem though with that, Jago, do the AEW marks know who the fuck Minoru Suzuki actually the is? The AEW marks Oh, the do. AEW crowd does, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know, man. I hope you're right. And, and because... those that don't would catch the fever from those who do. And that's how you actually benefit both companies. It's not by doing stupid shit. You know, like with, with, with fucking Kenta oh. coming over to pick a fight with fucking Moxley. Oh. That didn't benefit either company. This no. is how you actually benefit both companies. Archer gets a rub and people who don't know Suzuki are going to search for Minoru Suzuki after seeing him. Well, let's hope that forbidden door really does open because I'm waiting for someone to... Let Suzuki kick the motherfucker in! Right, I mean... He's the goddamn boogeyman! Exactly, dude, and, and he's believable. And then give me a rematch with Suzuki and Moxley because I want to see oh, that on be American brilliant. television. For too. sure, no doubt about it. And I'm glad you brought up Kenta, though, too, man, because Kenta has been booked pretty strong in New Japan, true? Um, not Maybe not say, lately, Ken- but... He's been booked as a strong number two or three inside of Bullet Club. Well, in AEW, he was made to look like a fool, which totally... Yeah, I know. Which totally fucked the whole aura for me with Kenta, man. You know what I mean? It was like, ah, oh, jeez. Look at the way he looked here. I mean, forget it. Like, what do I give a shit now? People were calling him, like, you know... like Hideo. He stole... Yeah, well, that's he was right. fucking Hideo. Hideo Itami, right. Even worse, yeah. I dare say. Then even that, I don't know what the fuck it was, but people were he saying- He was not the right person for that spot. No, he wasn't. And he looked, yeah. and they exposed him in, in those matches too, dude. So let's hope, like, man, see, that's a great idea. I want to see what, what you just said would be brilliant. I just hope that does happen. And in saying that, I would wait till this pandemic crap ends, if it ever does end, that is. You, you have know? to. Right. I mean, just to get Suzuki into the country, you'd have to. Yeah, well, all right, well, anyway, Chris, how many more segments do we have? 
a couple more. All right. Three, La- I think. Last, last break, man. I thought we would have finished it by now, but, you know, let's just get into it with the last couple of segments and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> you cool with that, Jago? Yeah, uh, sorry, man. If you need to go, you're listening to the yeah. Rational Rage Network. Okay, so coming up next, we have a little package here from Team Taz, who are pathetic and they <laughs> don't get along. How wonderful! Moving on, um, Darby makes his entrance with Sting, who just left but came back out with Darby for his entrance for a TNT Championship match. Cool. Um, In the ring already waiting for him is J.D. Drake, who is getting a shot at the TNT Championship. Um, (laughs) Yeah, why? uh, Okay, so at the beginning of of today, at the beginning of this show, uh, Jargo talked about how he's in the dark because he doesn't watch this show regularly. Jimmy, we've been watching this show regularly and reviewing it since November. Am I right? I believe you're right, Chris. Who the fuck is J.D. Drake? Fuck if I know. I mean, I've seen him wrestle once, but other than that, he reminds me of C.W. Anderson. Okay. I don't know who this fucking guy is, and I also don't know why he's out here with Zolf Diggler, but uh, <laughs> cool, I guess. Um, this match was fine, I suppose. It's a lot of... Uh, Darby Allen's selling as uh, JD is obviously the stronger man since he looks like he eats food. Um, <laughs> there's a spot here that pissed me off. Darby Allen went to do a drop kick through the bottom rope, but his legs went through the middle rope, completely missing JD, but JD sells it. That was pretty bad, actually, right? That's awesome. Um, the, it's a lot of it's a lot of way too fast stuff, especially towards the end. They were doing a lot of jump up. Oh, try to move. No, oh, no, this move. No, this move. Oh, right at the end there. And it was just way too fast. Like, if I can give some, if I could give just a little bit of advice um, as a fan, as somebody who's watching to these guys, just slow down and let your stuff breathe a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if this was just a matter of two guys no not really clicking or what, right. but um, it was just way too fast. And again, I don't know who the fuck J.D. Drake is. Jimmy says he's seen him wrestle once. I don't remember seeing him wrestle unless he's actually a secret part of Bear Country. I don't <laughs> know who this fucking guy is or what his story is. Um, I, I was match, trying to figure out why the third member of Bear Country was hanging out <laughs> with uh, that guy from the Spirit Squad. Yeah, Ooh. Zolf Diggler. Yeah, but get this, uh, Jago, he was never really part of the Spirit Squad either, you know that? <laughs> I, I, I do, but he looks just like his brother when he his does, brother was in the Spirit Squad. Exactly, like, exactly. You would think that it was the same guy. Man, it's it's actually crazy how, how he's even got his mannerisms. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy, man. Like he yeah, just... watch, watching Sting beat up uh, fake Dolph Ziggler just didn't really do a whole lot for me. Or threatened to beat up fake Dolph Ziggler and as feel... fake Dolph Ziggler runs right. away. And, off, yeah. and how short did he look compared to Sting even? But in saying that, I feel bad for Ryan Nemeth, right? Because uh, I feel like he will always be in his brother's shadow, man. It's not like he's bad, you know? 
he's just not his brother. Right. Exactly. You know, and and, exactly. and Dolph Ziggler should have been our generation Shawn Michaels. Definitely. But 50-50 booking happened. And not just that, he was a legit fucking NCAA wrestler, man. Yeah. People yeah. seem no, to forget Dolph that should have had a much better career. Right. He should have. Yep. But you know what? That's WWE for you because not only did they book him like shit, but they've managed to get the crowd to turn on him anyway because they're just sick of the way he's portrayed. Where no one gives a shit about Dolph Ziggler anymore. But anyway, that's for another show. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Darby gets jumped afterwards. He gets the win. Um, like I said, it was too fast. But he gets the win with his coffin drop. I'm not sure if you're like 300 pounds and a guy who's only 170 pounds jumps on you. Did it really <laughs> hurt enough for a three count? I'm just going to contemplate that till next week. Again, uh, anyway, bad, Darby, bad booking, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, Derby pop gets... quiz, pop quiz, real quick, sidebar. Go if ahead. you had to guess, what is Dolph Ziggler's record in the WWE? What, like, win loss percentage? What would you say? I would say he's probably got a 30% win. Jimmy, what do you think? I dare say he's got a 60 to 70% win ratio. Listener, what do you think? Ladies and gentlemen, the answer, Dolph Ziggler wins 46.27% of his matches and loses 51.97% of his matches. When we talk about 50-50 booking in WWE hell, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is the prime example of 50-50 booking. That's pathetic. A fucking travesty. Isn't that fucking crazy? I mean, when you really look at the numbers, like for his career, 46% wins, 52% losses. Wow. I'm actually 721 at an 814. See, when you said that, Jago, I thought it was a trick question. So that's why I went with the 60, 70% win ratio. Because to yeah, me, no, he always loses, right? 50 50. Wow. The epitome of 50 50 booking, Dolph Ziggler. It, it's it's like it, it's like gross misconduct when you see someone with that much talent be treated that way in terms of booking and that's that's exactly the way that i feel about a lot of what's happened in aew so far too is there's really really talented guys that are just getting absolutely shellacked by the booking we talked earlier about lance archer i agree with you i think that guy's a star in the making i think that they literally need Three weeks great of guy fucking too, wrecking somebody, and suddenly he's a title challenger and a legitimate one that you'd be like, yep. "Oh shit, look at Lance Archer." But it's weird. It's like in professional wrestling, it's almost like it's become so like samey with everything, and I mean WWE, AEW, ROH, everything is just so samey that it's gotten to the point where nobody. It feels like nobody even wants to build a superstar anymore. It's like. You know, the brand is enough. We just need our brand. You know we don't need to have actual stars. You know what it is? I think ever since Cena and The Rock, like in WWE's perspective, ever since they done the, the lash, should I say, like where they took off for bigger and better things, I think WWE in particular do not trust anybody. Like they will never put the rocket ship on, on them like they did with The Rock and, and Cena because... Roman Reigns? Other than Roman Reigns is the exception. But if he takes off, right, just say he went on to do movies full time. I'm convinced Vince McMahon doesn't want anybody to be more over than the company anymore because 
they'll just run off. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, no, and I, I think the other problem is with this generation, this is the indie wrestler generation. Yep, exactly. And we're right. seeing a lot of independent wrestling on a on national, yeah, global, global right. national scale, right? And the problem is when you tell Brian Cage at the FW Hall down the fucking street, right? <laughs> you got 20 minutes. Brian Cage is going out there and he's trying to get all his shit in. He's trying to get all his spots in because he's trying to get discovered. Right. But when you get to that national scale, you're trying to fit a 20 minute match into an eight minute match. And it's exactly what Chris said. They don't let anything breathe. And when people ask me what is so great, about Switchblade Jay White. Oh, I don't get it. What is so good about so it? Dumb, the answer is he lets everything breathe. And he doesn't that's, run around like a fucking idiot. Like he really Why has Osprey gotten right. so much better in the last six months? Because he slowed the fuck he down. Slowed the fuck down exactly. And he lets everything breathe. What makes Hiroshi Tanahashi so fucking great, even though he's running around on two knees that are held together by fucking toothpicks? Right. He lets everything breathe. That's the key. Slow the fuck down, let everything breathe, and don't try to just get all your shit in. Shit in. Save right. the special shit for when you need special shit. Will Osprey went for a fucking shooting star press the other day, tried to pin Kota Ibushi, and it didn't work. I thought it was going to. You know why? Because I haven't seen Will Osprey do a shooting star so it's in fucking again, six right. goddamn months. And get this, Jago. It's not like it's a new formula. This is what you call Pro Wrestling 101, for fuck's sake. Right? Like when Naito goes up top for the fucking Stardust Press, even though he misses it 99% of the time, if he lands that son of a bitch, over. watch the fuck out. Exactly. And you, you know, know what? The... It's just let it breathe. And you saying that, Jago, is not a new fucking thing. This is the fucking thing of professional wrestling forever. But they're working like they're still on the indie scene right. and they're on national fucking television. Exactly, dude. That's Bingo. the problem. Again, less is more. And that, yeah, the indie fucking shit is totally, totally fucked that shit up, man. For real, man. And this is where, like, WWE, hate well, them no, or love them. To be fair, that's the same rip on Seth Rollins. And it always yeah. has been. Yeah, but he, he doesn't know any better, though, dude, let's be honest. Shit right, but he doesn't know any better anyway. That's why he sucks, in my opinion. You know, it's because he's flex, still a Falcon fucking Arrow indie wrestler. Right. Yeah. Yep. Got to get all my fucking spots in, man. I don't care if it's a five-minute match, if it's a seven-minute match, or if it's a 20-minute match. You're going to get the same fucking match with the same fucking spots. It's called fundamentals, man. They don't fucking do the fundamentals. That's the gripe me and Chris have had for how fucking long. Again, and it's not like a new fucking thing, what you just said. This is pro wrestling 101. You know what I mean? This is why you guys like Hulk Hogan was so over. Yeah, sure, they weren't the greatest fucking in-ring fucking performers. But you know what? Hogan knew the fucking ring psychology. You know what I mean? Knew how to work a crowd and fucking do things on a fucking slow pace. But people cared. I'm just using him as an example. You know what I mean? Where's today? Yeah, let's go a million miles an hour. Let's do spot, spot, spot. Get our fucking shit in. Spot, spot, spot. 
it's fucking ridiculous, dude. And it's, it's a shame because really they've ruined pro wrestling forever, I dare say. Because how can you go back to that methodical style? Like imagine everybody doing all that. Everybody. It just wouldn't work anymore in that sense, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like it does go in, in cycles. I mean, because there are guys like MJF right. who There's wrestles that older style. Right. There are guys like Nick Aldis that, <clears throat> that a lot of people have that level of respect for. There's guys Nick like out. Cody. There's guys like Tanahashi still around. There's there's guys like Switchblade who completely fucking get it. Switchblade you know get, what I mean? exactly so gets it. There, there, there is hope. There and is if you hope. remember Switchblade, remember when he was on Excursion at Ring of Honor in the in the US, long before the Switchblade um, gimmick even started, it was a high flyer, dude. Well, dude, it's it's all Rey Mysterio's fault. Like all of this is Rey Mysterio's uh, fault. You I, realize I can see, that, right? Yeah, I can see. If, I can see that. If the cruiserweights yeah, really. would have never gotten over really. in WCW, right. he's actually right. You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't see this huge lucha libre influence in the American independence. It's true. I, I firmly believe this is all Rey Mysterio's fault, and I love Rey Mysterio, but it, Mysterio and Hoovy and Psychosis that that yeah. entire lucha libre influx. That's it's what right. did it. You're spot on, man, and. Yeah, it's funny because I was watching some old nachos just a couple days ago, and I was thinking that I was thinking, Jesus Christ, this is exactly the where all this shit really fucking started, especially for the Western fan base, because before Eddie Guerrero, that, Chris right, Benoit, right, right. you know, guys that were going out there and actually fucking wrestling, and that everybody loved, even Jericho is Jericho still definitely, there. definitely. You know what I mean? 100%, but they were right. the undercard then, and now they've become the main event. But all, this entire generation, those are the guys they were looking up to because they're you know, all like our size. You know what I mean? There's not guys like Kevin Nash coming walking in the fucking door these days. You got five foot ten Adam Cole, the vanilla midgets, the fat piece of shit. <laughs> fucking fat shit no but yeah like kevin nash said it's the vanilla midget fucking era dude they're the ones that fucking ruined it well and let's be fair all right if you are six foot 11 350 pounds are you gonna go dribble a basketball for millions of dollars a year or are you gonna go get your fucking ass kicked in a fake fight i'd rather get my ass kicked in a fake fight I mean, you got guys in the G League making a hell of a lot more money than them guys at NXT and oh, the they lower do, end yeah. of WWE. Actually, pro wrestling actually gets paid fuck all compared to just sports in general, dude, which is quite so amazing. If you're if you're a big guy and you actually can do it, if you can go even be on a practice squad for an NFL team, why not? Why wouldn't you do that instead of doing this? And oh, so instead, what are you left with? You're left with the diehard marks that are five foot ten that exactly grew up right. in their mom's basement watching fucking WCW and wishing they were Rey Mysterio. So they went to fucking wrestling fantasy camp, and now you're Adam Cole, baby. Baby, it's true. It's true. And I love Adam Cole. I'm just saying. No, he's, look, he's, I'm a, he's a fat piece of shit, and and you know he walks around in fucking NXT like he owns the place, and it's like, dude, do some sit-ups. Come on, man. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Well, it's true, man. I'm, I mean, fucking, you know, right, right, right or wrong, it's fucking true. But Chris, yeah, no, I'm. Listen, I, I think the same thing. Uh, you know, cruiserweights. I, I feel like the cruiserweight style, though. If you, if you go back and you watch those Rey Mysterio, you know, uh, Eddie Guerrero matches, there was mm. lucha stuff going on, but they were still selling, right? Like 
the, the people who you know uh, you're talking about yeah. the, 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 you know the young buck matches the, that is not the same thing as a Rey Mysterio match in WCW. Like, I, like, oh, we'll talk there was about still the some psychology. I mean... Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so let's 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 get to uh, what I'm sure um, you know is going to be the big draw for AEW this week, or at least what I'm sure Tony Khan thought was going to be the big draw for AEW this week. Jericho gets jumped by the Pinnacle. Um, it's kind of uncomfortable how long he's getting beaten up by the pinnacle for, and then Mike Tyson comes out for whatever reason. For no uh, reason. He takes his shirt off, <laughs> takes his shirt off right away. Cause I guess he really likes to be naked on TV. <laughs> I don't know. And, um, basically he beats up the, uh, the pinnacle. So With good the night worst pinnacle. Punches. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Uh, no, no, then, this uh, is a, this is a show with John Moxley, and you're going to call out fucking Mike Tyson's punches? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but still, they were pretty bad, and Moxley's pretty bad, too. But oh. but anyway, we'll get to that, but yeah. Anyway, I have nothing to say about this. I'm a boxing guy. I boxed from the time I was 13. I fucking love Mike Tyson. Like, I think of Mike Tyson as almost a philosopher like the things that he has said in his life and i'm not joking i'm a philosopher baby brilliant a philosopher. different times <laughs> no i know i know he's got a funny voice but <laughs> legitimately i i think of this man as an intelligent no, philosopher warrior right. that that's how i think of mike tyson i fucking love mike tyson i don't give a shit about this segment at all neither did i i really didn't i love mike tyson too and and this did nothing for me you know what? I'll be honest. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I didn't even realize Jericho was getting jumped. I was just looking at the screen blank. Well, I mean, like, why would why would Mike Tyson come and help Chris Jericho when the last time we saw Mike Tyson, he was beating up Chris Jericho? <laughs> like, Mike none Tyson, of it makes maybe. any sense. Well, well, AEW, Booker of the Year shit, bro. That's what it is. Yeah, it just, yeah, this was awful. Yep, exactly. All right, well, let's... Let's move on to something else that was awful here as the bunny takes on uh, Ty Conti. Okay. How can I'm, you gonna... say that looking at Ty Conti for like 10 minutes is awful. awful? I'm not going <laughs> to so lie. I'm going to, I'm going to read you my notes. I'm going to read you my notes here. Um, the girls were very ambitious, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to make fun of them for not trying. I just, if you can't throw a believable punch, don't try to throw a German suplex. I don't understand why this is so hard for people as they're learning professional wrestling. Do things simply until you can do them simply and then do more complicated things. The, the other thing that I have here is uh, I did enjoy Ty Conti's ass, though. Um, so... I did make a point to make sure that that got mentioned here. So I'm, I'm with you, Jargo. Um, my uh, other question, did, did Sheeta join the Dark Order? No. Why was, why was Sheeta out there with the Dark uh, Order? I was so confused. Why is Hangman out with the Dark Order? Well, at least, like, Hangman <laughs> hangs out with the Dark Order, and we know that. Right. Like, why is Shida hanging out with So the why are you board? questioning it, Jago? Why are you questioning it? That, that Because I like Hikaru Shida. Right. Well, this company just does this because they feel like it, dude. So next week she'll be hanging around with the Nightmare family. So she has not joined the Dark Order. No. No. <laughs> 
Exactly. But apparently Marco Stunt has, as he was there with a mask on, celebrating with Ty Conti. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, that was negative one. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. See what I mean, John? Yeah. Watch this shit every like week, Tay dude. Conti. I like Tayanara Conti. I've always liked Tayanara Conti. I see a huge upside to her. She's just not ready for national television yet. I yep. mean, she needs I was more training. the exact thing well, a couple I mean, weeks ago. She's got this. something. Like, really, honestly, she's got something. But she's she just needs not ready. to be on dark for the next three months. Like, but get this, Jago. And then them reps, man. Like, she's the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. Tell me I, how I, and I, why. I don't know. I realize that the, the the AEW Women's Division is very much a work in progress. So it seems <laughs> like really since its conception, and the, the problem is it's just not very deep. Especially when you got Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker oh. kind of off doing their thing. And then, you, so there's like those two and Sheeta, and they're really the only ones that can really work. Getting Chris Statlander back is going to help that. But th there's just so much green talent in that AEW women's hey, division. I and there's some real talent there, but they're just not yeah. ready for this kind of a stage yet. I dare say Riho is a pretty good worker, in my opinion, too. Don't get me wrong, she's cringe sometimes, but I, I, I don't mind her. But you know what the problem is, Jago? They don't use any of the stardom chicks. They use the DDT uh, women's promotion. Women. I think I think that was a result of the Bushi Road buying right. stardom. I and, understand and that. The whole thing with the Elite and New Japan and whatnot. Um, but I guess kind of the elephant in the room is Bia Priestley. And is right. where where is she? What's happening now with her? Right, because uh, after what I we saw, we don't know. We don't know if out. it's yeah, and we don't know if it's NXT UK, if it's NXT proper, if it's AEW. At one time, she she was working for she was. AEW, and it seemed like she was in line to actually be challenging for the title in AEW. Yeah, she could go in there tomorrow and be the best worker in AEW. I'm afraid that she is headed for the WWE and Vince not. McMahon is just going to see her backstage and wonder when did Paige get clear and get this, you know what else he's going to do? He's going to put them together with, uh, with every other Aussie chick because he's going to hear New Zealand, the New Zealand accent and think, ah, oh, she's Australian. I think they, I think they bring her in and they stick her like with Priscilla Kelly and a fucking tag team. Oh God. I hope not. But you know what? What we a fucking waste that'll be. Raw. But B Priestley, right? The reason why she wasn't in AEW anymore was due to COVID. I read that a couple of days ago. Well, she was stuck in the UK and right, couldn't get right. into the fucking country. I mean, that that's where that all fell apart. But B I mean, Priestley, what do you do, right? New Zealand is pumping out some great talent, man. Uh, but didn't Jamie Hayter uh, just sign with NXT UK, if I remember correctly? Yes. And Bea Priestley is her long-term tag partner. Uh, she's also got ties to Tony Storm down in right. fucking Orlando. Exactly. Right. So, I mean. It's true. No. We're all the possibilities for Bea Priestley. I, I hate seeing her leave stardom, though. Yeah, she's great there, dude. I mean, look, I'm, I haven't watched enough of stardom, but from what I see, she was killing it, man. And I've always Top been Gaijin. a fan of hers. Yeah, no doubt. 100%, man. You bet. But these Joshi pro women in AEW really suck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joshi is such a weird world. 
and they're trying to make Joshi to AEW what Lucha Libre was to WCW. And you know what? I, I will say this. We are very early on into this. I think, uh, I think Hikaru Shida has clicked. I think there is a segment of the fan base that really, really likes Riho. Um, I know I am a Maki Ito mark, and I have been for a very, very long time. The, I mean, she, the she's goddess just, of peace and shit. Damn right, man. I mean, if you want to get down to somebody who doesn't give a fuck, Maki Ito is is the epitome of does not give a fuck. I'll admit she can't um, work. Wait, she well, no, she can't work. I'm Here's sorry. The thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I, like Jargo, I respect the fuck out of you. You're probably one of the people I respect the most in professional wrestling. When I saw her on AEW, I was just like, like when she did the entrance, I was like, oh, that's that was cool. funny. Like that was that. funny, right? That's fucking hilarious. I was down for that, dude. And I'm not one of these people who doesn't like funny wrestling. But then I saw her, and then I saw her work. Her strikes miss by. 15 fucking feet she's great she doesn't do anything properly like she's not a good wrestler she's entertaining but she can't work for shit you know you're exactly right you're exactly right you know who she is she would be the women's division version of orange cassidy she is toru yano and I she fucking is, hate Orange Cassidy. come on toru's not that bad dude come on no i'm what i'm saying she is a clown She's a and when, you, when you go to the circus, you got to have a little bit of everything. You got to have your fucking midgets like Marco Stunt. You got to have your fucking clowns like Orange Cassidy and Maki Ito. <laughs> and then you want to get down to the fucking lions like Kenny Omega is supposed to be. But I, she, there, there's absolutely a role for Maki Ito in AEW. I agree. As I agree. a serious in-ring competitor. I feel like they used her completely wrong. They didn't give you any kind of background on the character. No, they didn't. But but as somebody who knows who she is and has followed her for a while, she can work, but she cannot work in American style. She needs some American style training. She works fucking like DDT. She's exactly typical DDT type of wrestler, dude. Exactly. Spot on. But but to translate that to the American audience with zero background, zero storytelling, zero vignettes, you know nothing about her, it doesn't work. Yeah, and it didn't work. And like I said, that first moment where she was making her entrance, I laughed out loud. Like she I is a fucking that riot. Like, That's She's hilarious. Cool. That made me That's laugh too, fucking man. awesome. Right. My favorite yeah, Maki Ito spot, right? Is like she throws this chick into the ropes and she does a drop down, lead frog, bounces off the other side of the ropes, like goes through this whole fucking routine, right? And then she just trips the bitch and walks away smiling. I love when she starts flipping the bird. I mean, like, well, like, that's that's Maki Ito. Like right. that's what she should be doing. She can't go out there and fucking wrestle with fucking Thunder Rosa. Like, no, no. hell no, that's not how right. you use her. But I'm glad right. you brought that up, Jugger, because they don't explain it. They need to explain this shit, and that's why I say the Joshi exactly. Pro women is not a good fit for AEW, and more specifically, your Western fan base you know stardom is the best fit of all the, the joshi companies fit. i've seen exactly. they're the most western of exactly. the joshi companies exactly and they're great female professional wrestlers 
that you can take. I'd love seriously. to see Utami versus fucking Hikaru Shida. Give me oh, Julia versus fucking Shida. Tam Nakano and Shida. There's some great matches with stardom. And how many women has stardom produced, dude? They've produced star after star when it comes to the women's side of professional wrestling. Unfortunately, Kenny's brought along his old, you know, friends at DDT. And I think it's more that I think it's more the Bushi Road elite relationship. Oh, of course, no, I agree. Point. I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Speaking but, of the elite, let's talk about the main event, guys. Um, it's the Finger Club versus Bucks <laughs> and Moxley. Um, yeah, so this, 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 there's a problem. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the story of why Kenny and the Bucks are feuding because I know you. You haven't been watching Jargo. Basically, um, Kenny really wanted the Bucks to finger him one week. Um, like he he insisted that they needed to finger him, you know, to show their, you know, that he the was the superior in the finger club. And uh, and they they wouldn't finger him, and he he was super super mad. So I mean, just just so that we're all aware, this match is happening because the Bucks refused to finger Kenny Omega. We're just that's the backstory. Yep, that's cool. Cool. And here's um, what I hope happens. Okay, <laughs> I have watched the Young Bucks for a very long time. I love the Young Bucks. I love Kenny Omega. I love the Elite. Right. That makes two of us, man. But just two of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the disconnect. Here's the difference. We're New Japan watchers, and the Young Bucks in New Japan were a very very different tag team than what they are in the United States, than what they were in ring of honor with their over the top, ironic wrestling. What we have seen in AEW thus far from the young bucks is very much closer to the ring of honor, independent American scene version of the young bucks. That's not what I want. That's not what I want to see. I want to see the seven time IWGP world junior tag team champions. I want to see the, the, the tag team that brought tag team junior wrestling to the Tokyo dome. I want to see the serious version of the young bucks. And that makes two of us. And the other one is Don Callis. That's what Don Callis has been saying to the young bucks for the last few weeks. Where's the team I saw in new Japan. That's true. Yeah. What, where, where is that version of the young bucks? What happened to your fucking balls? Why are you going out there and trying to entertain these people? You're the world tag team champions. You should be out there trying to win matches screw the fucking people if that's the young bucks we're gonna get here because matt jackson at the end of that show last night that was the matt jackson i saw the matt jackson that was talking shit to john moxley saying listen we didn't want to do this if you would have just kept your fucking nose out of it we could have just handled this amongst the goddamn family but no you had to be interjected and now look at what you've made me do and that is a great heel rationale. 
if we are going to get that more serious version of the Young Bucks that we should have gotten from the very fucking beginning, rather than this over-the-top, ironic, comedic, slap-my-leg, 52 super <laughs> kicks bullshit. I want to see Rapunky Vice versus the Young Bucks. I want to see Desperado and Kanemaru versus the Young Bucks. I want to see like that version of the Bucks come out in AEW and then give me FTR and the Bucks again. Not this bullshit Ring of Honor version of the Young no, no, no. Bucks where they're, where they're just... You know what I'm talking about? You know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but you know what version we're getting? Generation Me. I, and that's not good. I mean, me and Hameen talked about this not too long ago, how the Young Bucks ruined pro wrestling, right? right. Because when, yep. when the Young Bucks were throwing all those super kicks and shit... It was meant to be ironic. It was meant to yeah, be it was funny. Ironic. It was meant exactly. to be Colt Cabana. That was the right? gimmick. That was the thing, right? And it got super over. And then everybody started fucking doing it because the Bucks were doing it and it worked and it got super over. And, and now it's party. just this epidemic running <laughs> through the fucking pro wrestling world. Yep, yep. And the Bucks have to fix it. And the way that you fix it is give me the New Japan version of the Young Bucks in AEW. Problem is, Jaga, are we actually going to get those Bucks? You know Tune what I mean? in next week. Same <laughs> bad time, same <laughs> bad channel, and we'll find out. Because the my week guess, after... My they, guess is no. I got to tell you. Man. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm like, worried about I, that I, too. To, to be honest with you, like I, I never saw their Japan stuff, right? So maybe they did some great stuff in Japan. And that's My the difference. whole history of the Young Bucks is their AEW run. And I got to tell you, I am not being funny. I am not trying to, I'm not trying to be edgy when I say this. <clears throat> My least my like the least happy I am watching AEW is he when did. the Young Bucks are out there. I, I dislike no one on this fucking roster as much as I dislike the Young Bucks. I really seriously <laughs> fucking mean that. I'm a Bret Hart guy, okay? I'm a Canadian wrestling type of guy. I want to see technical wrestling. So when I see 160-pound dudes doing power bombs and fucking stomping around the ring like they're Goldberg, it doesn't make I mean, me think like that shit's Bucks. cute. It's like, I fucking hate these dudes. I, I, I mean, I get it, man, because I, I hate the American version of the Young Bucks, too. Yep. I, I just want the New Japan version of the Young Bucks. Because I know they can do it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'd love to see it, and I'd love to see the, the New Japan version of Kenny Omega, too. Because, you know, I've gone and I've watched his matches with Okada, and holy fuck, if I could get, you know, one more of those in my lifetime... I'll, I'll be eternally grateful to Kenny Omega for the work that he's put in. And well, if the Young waiting. Bucks can do something that's actually entertaining, I'd love that too. But honestly, every time I, I watch these guys work, I'm just disappointed. It, it just, it, it frustrates me as a fan of technical professional wrestling. Yeah, it is what it is, man. But Jago, get your shit in, brother. You know what? I got, I, I've got my shit. I've, I've learned the golden rule. Less is more. Exactly. You ready? <laughs> right. Here it comes. I'm going to get all my shit in right now. <laughs> MichaelJargo.com. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You got a website. Links to everything. MichaelJargo.com. Well, yeah. well, when did you get the website going, dude? 
Um, uh, well, I have a new project that's going to be coming up. It's called The Conclusion. Right. I'm glad you brought that and, up. Uh, and uh, that that's going to be, um, it's all going to be under the MichaelJargo.com thing. So it, it, everything's in soft launch at this point. Uh, it looks like we're going to be closing on the new house in the middle of May. Congratulations. So hopefully, hopefully by June, I will be in your ear holes daily for five to ten minutes. So <laughs> Beautiful. Looking forward to it, man. And I'm and I've got to say, man, that preview for you for your new show is is brilliant, dude. The way you did that was awesome. And I'm gonna add it to to this show as well. Just to promote Appreciate it. Appreciate it, sir. No, no problem, because people need to listen to it, man. I'm telling you, the preview's got me pumped, dude. I'm I'm not gonna lie, so I can't wait for it, man. And just the way you present it, brilliant. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. It's something. It was actually uh, the the brainchild of Stevie Richards. Yeah, he's the one that suggested that. And uh, when Stevie Richards says shit, you start to squat. So I, I started putting <laughs> the, the brain to work, and uh, uh, it, the launch is is still very very soft because I don't want to do it until I'm in the new studio. So it, that's really when things are going to be kicking off. But get all the updates. Get your daily top ten. Get links to anything i'm recording it's all there michaeljargo.com that's brilliant man looking forward to it well that wraps up another episode of the skirmish right here on the rational rage network and please like and subscribe at rationalragenetwork.podbean.com and also please follow us on twitter instagram whatever at pwc you'll find us even on facebook and that's about it man so i'm jimmy t that's Christopher Ames. The G-A-G. Yeah, hey, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's right. And that's Michael Jargo. And this is the Wednesday Night Skirmish. Peace. Very good.
precarious situation because, quite frankly, Matt Jackson doesn't have an answer. Look at this. Omega looking for the V-trigger, oh. but Moxley with that Grand Slam shot. There you go. He's got him. He's got him. The pile driver. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's going to pin the Over world here. champion. One, two. Oh, oh boy. <clears throat> Look at the face of, of, of Matt. On you all right? Look at the face of Matt. You can see the pain. And I'm not talking about physical pain. See, he asked Kenny, he said, are you all right? Are you okay? Yeah, now he's going to make a sinking rule conscience after all this time. Matt We're Jackson never wanted to be in this situation. This is something that you created. You're a young bucks apologist for many years. That's well established, that caliber. Come on, these guys were 12 years best friends together. Traveled internationally around the world. And they've got Omega. More bang for your buck. The Bucks are going to do it. They're going to pin Omega. One, and two, got... no! And that big frame came in handy there. It sure did. Carl Anderson sent to the outside. Got so much emotion in this match. God. And Nick Jackson, the Escalera, takes out the Good Brothers on the outside. Look, look, again, Matt is checking on Kenny, and Kenny is in a bad way. This is uh, unlike anything we've ever seen. Well, it's not, it's not fair to either brother, quite frankly. Matt may be the more emotional of the two. I don't know this. But it's, I mean, it's very obviously, they care about Omega. Yeah. They value his friendship. They yeah. do not want to be put in this position. Don't worry about their reputation. Oh, come on, you got the World Tag Team Champions and the World Champion in the ring. They're going to hit the yeah. BTE trigger on Kenny Omega. Do it. Why is Rap get one of them out of there, for goodness sake? The Young Bucks can't bring themselves to do I it. I can't believe this. I think Nick was ready to go for it. And, and Matt and, backed and away. said, come on, you got him. You got it. Okay. And, and Matt said, all right, we got it. Man, this is emotion just overflowing here in our main event. Did Moxley speak some truth? I, I, or, maybe maybe smarten him up here. Just the, the Bucks. It's a BTE trigger away from beating the world champion. Come on. The Bucks, this, this crisis of conscience. Moxley tagged himself in. Moxley's going to finish the job. Moxley yeah. won't give a damn. Rep takes it. Get Moxley out of there. He'll take Moxley's the legal Oh, my God. He's going to put a paradigm ship. Oh, man. Omega got spiked. That's how you do it, he said. Right in the face of Nick. He's going to do it again. He's going to. A oh, I think has got business to transact. Two paradigm shifts. And now a real naked choke. The sleeper's locked in. That, there's no way Kenny Omega can get out of two paradigm shifts. Omega. And a rear naked choke. This He's is brutal. No. Oh, oh. What the hell? Super. Are you kidding? The Young Bucks just super kicked John Moxley. Look at this Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston coming to help his friend. But Gallows and Anderson have other thoughts in mind for Eddie Kingston. I can't believe. What, what, what are we watching, for God's sake? History, Shabani. What, what, what do you mean by that? An, oh, no, no, no. Eddie, I'm a magic Eddie. killer. The magic killer. Are you stage. telling me? Are you telling me you knew this was going to happen? That's a stretcher for Kingston. He's going are back you, to the hospital. Are you saying you knew this was going to happen? I'm not saying anything. Come on, yes. I'm not saying anything. You're as devious as they come. Look at Moxley. Big oh, nice. dissected. 
The magic killer by the Good Brothers. And now the world champion crawls over for the pin. Who can barely lift his head. What the hell is going on? Well, that was beautiful. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Let's see. The Good Brothers and AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. What are we, guys, what are we seeing here? I, I don't know if I saw that. I don't know if I saw a tear rolling down the face of Matt Jackson. Well, I can't believe that Matt Jackson's own character and integrity can put a, put a tone to this and a different mindset. You, you can almost, I, I think you're seeing that really fighting within themselves here. The Young Bucks could not bring themselves to injure their friend Kenny Omega. Boy, there's a lot more to this story to unfold. And Omega, though, Omega laid down the ultimatum. He said, What? Wait, wait, oh. no, what? The Good Brothers. Good Brothers picking up Moxley. Hey, but you guys done enough to John Moxley. And Omega and Callis. through their lock in with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. This is despicable and disgusting. Man, it, it looks like... Yeah, they did sell out. Yeah, damn right they did. It looks like the elite... It looks like they're back together. It looks like the Bullet Club's back together. Who cares about Bullet Club? This is ridiculous. Sickening. Sickening as hell. It really is, Orange Sting. It's a lot to unpack here. Darby's coming up here in a moment. The TNT Championship. I know you got a, a lot on your mind. What a response oh. from the... That's the way we do it. You remember? Here we go. How can you forget it's only been, what, seven days? You start, we come interrupt. You do nothing but keep your mouth shut. Or in your case, shut your hole. Where's your little shoe? Where's your little gerbil friend at? He looks like a little jerk. You know, they say it's sanity, and I am a crazy son of a bitch. But they say it's sanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you expect different results. You know what? It's enough, Jake. If that's the definition of insanity and you're crazy, I'm one sick son of a bitch. And I'm sick and tired of the agenda in AEW. You bring me in, you put me to the top, and then you take me away. I fight Moxley, and then I go away. I work main event after main event after main event, and then I go away, and I'm done with it. The world's gonna pay attention to the Murderhawk Monster and Sting. You're going to pay attention to the Murderhawk Monster because it's my time, Sting. I'm supposed to be in the main event, Sting. This should be me and Shivani, Sting. You don't need to talk because this is my time, Sting. Listen to me. You now it's my time. Okay, you can say something. Hey, I am gonna say something if you just be slow to speak and quick to hear. 
zip up your mouth for a minute because I happen to be in full agreement with you. You're a main event guy and you disappear and I don't understand that either. Jake, what's the matter with you? What's the dumbfounded look on your face for? Tell him how to do it! No, shut your hole right now. I think you're main event material. I think you got it. I think you just need to help him, Jake. Help him to channel all this energy in the right direction, and he will be in that squared circle, AEW on TNT, in a main event match, and possibly for the world title again, and without any disappearance. Make it happen. Make it showtime. You got it in you, now go do it. How about that? What do you got to say about that? Q's News, Chris Jericho, Blood and Guts, May 5th, right here at Daly's Place, the Inner Circle, and Pinnacle. Oh, God, MJF! From behind, and the as pinnacle. usual, look at this. Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Sean Spears, Wardlow, first Inner Circle guys. Well, that's the question right now. Look at this, this is a, a gang assault. The obviously very offended MJF. And Jericho on his own. What's going him? on here? Oh my God, there's no, there's absolutely no way that he can defend himself against six of these guys. The inner circle nowhere to be found as a pinnacle, just a gang assault on Chris Jericho here. Marvez mentioned it would be blood and guts on May 5th, but pinnacle not content to wait. Well, we all knew when Jericho said what he said, there would be some sort of answer. I didn't think it would be this, ganging up on one man. Jericho getting retribution for each and every member. Oh, no, look at the pinnacle. FTR, oh, the spike pile driver Jericho. They're down there, they're down there, go. Wait a minute, what do we got here? Look, at, this is the inner circle dressing room. Look, that door has been bolted shut. But it's been, it's been kicked. They, 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 been, they've been passed through. They've locked the inner circle in their own dressing room. They've broken through the door. Well, they got a lot more breaking through to go here. That's Can't, what they did. They, they locked them in their own dressing room, nailed it shut. And Sean Spears has set up the table on the outside. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Remember, Wardlow's loving this. Remember yeah. Wardlow power, powerbomb Jericho off the stage. Look at those evil eyes of Wardlow. Oh, Well, I think business is picking up. The legend himself. Now, the last time we saw he and Jericho go face to face, remember that? Iron Mike, he's ready to fight. What's going to happen but here? who's he going to fight? Oh, look at this. Just a barrage of body shots up to the chairman, Sean Spears. And look at this. He is, he is bludgeoning Sean Spears. <laughs> Tyson coming to the aid of the champion Chris Jericho. Didn't expect that, but here he is, and listen to the fans. What emotion. What an atmosphere here in Daly's place. Well, Jericho said they changed, that they were different people now, and now they got 
Anderson standing with him. What a show of force by Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike looks great. He does, Jim. You're in. Man, he looks great. He will forever be known as the baddest man on the planet. Oh, uh, look at this. But now what? Yeah, that's the question. Remember what we saw them last time? They had to pull him apart. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jericho and Tyson bury the hatchet right here on Dynamite. What a moment. Well, the clock thickens and the inner circle pinnacle story. <laughs> oh, the little kid is having a temper tantrum. MJF, FTR, Sean Spears, Wardlow and Tully Blanchard running for the hills. But it's easy to throw furniture when you're on the other side. Jericho said they had turned over a new leaf, that he is a new man, and we are seeing it right before our eyes here live on Dynamite. Even where we're set, you can feel the tension. You can feel the emotion here at Daly's Place. Fear the inner circle and fear the baddest man on the planet as well. Oh, what a moment. Jericho once again shows he's the smartest man in pro wrestling. A reunion with Iron Mike Tyson that's very favorable to the inner circle. Jericho Tyson, Santana Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager presenting a united front here tonight. You can't even lock them in their own dressing room. They're going to find a way out, and they did here tonight.
to the Rational Rage Network. I grew up thinking everything had already happened. Bread had been sliced. The Beatles were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Woodstock had cured all the wars in the world. And nothing would ever contend with Johnny Carson when it comes to television personalities. Then I grew up. Video killed the radio star. Everything smelled like teen spirit. Then 9-11 happened, and it changed everything. Welcome to The Conclusion, a podcast designed with my current thoughts on current events. From the worlds of politics, sports, entertainment, pop culture, just my thoughts as it comes to the current climate in the United States and around the world. Join me, Dr. Michael Jargo, PhD, for this new daily podcast that takes a look at the current trends and the people that make this world spin around. From the Biden administration, COVID-19, professional sports, we're talking about it all. A five to 10 minute show designed for your morning commute, coffee, or run on the treadmill. Get your dose of news, satire, and just everyday bullshit that crosses my mind for the sake of your earhole entertainment. Coming soon to Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, and iHeartRadio. The Conclusion with Michael Jargo. Subscribe now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit michaeljargo.com. You are listening to the Rational Rage Network.